What's up, Trail Show? Bob, Death March Trombley. I just wanted to give you guys a call. I was getting caught up on all my uh, Trail Show episodes driving between uh, Charlotte and Atlanta for the 4th of July holiday, and I wanted to just let you guys in on this. I thought it was a pretty cool moment. I'm listening to the trail show. I hear my name mentioned on the trail show, which is pretty cool, million downloads, all that stuff. And then I drove past Gaffney, South Carolina, which I know, Disco, that's where you're from. That's crazy. Um, and then I just thought that was pretty cool. It's kind of like a... Like a half the totality for, like, the, the solar eclipse or something like that. <laughs> Appreciate what you guys do. Uh, quick question. What is the uh, the worst injury you've either assisted with or you have suffered on the uh, on the trail? thought it might be interesting just to kind of go around and hear what you guys have dealt with. As far as my trail name goes, it's nothing. Uh, I, have, I haven't marched anybody off a cliff or anything like that, but I do a fair bit of complaining when I'm hiking, and so everybody says it turns into a death march. So... All right, guys. Thanks for everything. Uh, enjoy the show. Talk to you later. Death March, Bob Death Trombley. March, Bob. Thanks, thanks for the call. <laughs> All right, let's answer his question R- right out of the gate. Yeah, let's go a, for it. Who, who's going to start? Um, I'm trying to think of my answer. I, I mean, I've helped out a number of times, um, like when, at the Ad Spasitco, because people always get in trouble at the first 20 miles there. Uh, and usually, it's a a salt imbalance or a, a heat injury, right? So those are basically like the two things that I've kind of had to assist with and do first aid for. Um, well, that that's pretty good. I I helped a gentleman that had just had a concussion on the Appalachian Trail in Vermont. Wow. Uh, I helped him and his hiking partner get to a road. He was uh, hiking with his head down, and there was a tree that had fallen across the trail, but maybe five and a half feet above the ground. Yep. And there was a step up. Right uh, where that thing had fallen, and he had his head down, and he stepped up right into the tree and ooh, knocked himself yeah. out. And I came up upon them like two minutes after it happened, and he, he didn't know where he was. He was just sitting on the ground, dazed and confused. We started, he, he was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. He got up to start walking. He took three steps and just <laughs> fell right over. Yeah. Hey, man, how dare you <laughs> laugh at that no, triple O? How dare you? I mean, I'll, I... I all of the people that I've helped, triple O man. What I will what say, the hell? all the people I've helped have had similar types of reactions. They've like, no, no, I'm yeah, fine, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. fine. It's, like, I'm fine. it's like, well, actually, you've been vomiting nonstop for an hour and a half, and you can't move. But I don't think you're fine, yeah. buddy. Triple O, what about you? Um, I actually, I took a, a couple of friends of mine when I just out of high school. We decided to hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon back in the day, which is very highly not recommended for idiots like us. Um. And on the way back up, one of my friends definitely was on the verge of having a heat oh. exhaustion stroke or something like that. We ended up ha- like one. We are there's three of us. 
one of our friends abandoned us because we were going too slow. And I was like, dude, okay. this man's about to die. Um, we laid him down in a river to cool him off. And then uh, eventually we walked out at like three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Like just slowly crawling, him and me. And at one point, he just laid down in the middle of the trail, maybe a mile from the rim, just in a big pile of mule, mule, oh, mule no. uh, poop. And it was... I, I, yeah, I knew it was pretty bad at that point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, special guest Moon Kid, what about you? Um, I I don't I don't have uh, any experience with bad injury actually, but I would say like psychological injury. You know, the the time when when you think you still have some chocolate or something like that in your backpack, <laughs> and and time for to have dinner arrive, and you just realize you have nothing left. That's I think the worst injury I, I've got so far. It's pretty bad, you know. Don't don't underestimate that kind of injury. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. You're tuned to the Trail Show. Get on the trail. Long time listener, first time caller. Arriba, 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 tota. It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Yeah. <laughs> What's P.O.D. say? Arriba, hey, hey, arriba, hey, hey. arriba, 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 tota. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show, and we are broadcasting live from our Chafee County telecasting complex once again, ladies and gentlemen. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over 1 million times in 150 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, and at thetrailshow.com. That's too much. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hall in studio this month to talk about his current 22-month hike... <laughs> Hey. <laughs> From the bottom of South America to the top of Canada, we have the man, the myth, the Frenchman known as Moon Kid. Yeah. <laughs> sorry in advance for, for my accent. Hey, already, how are you doing? Us? Oh, sorry, sorry. Wrong, wrong podcast, I think. <laughs> I'm very happy to be, to be here with you guys. Yeah. We're glad to have you in studio instead of just getting an email. Yeah, from that's you. crazy. I think the first uh, update yeah, was in the Salar de Uni in Bolivia, like, I don't know, one, more than one year ago. So that's, that's so cool to be here with you. Yeah. yeah thank you. It's for, pretty awesome yeah. to have you here with us. Wow. His, yeah. his accent is 100% real. So he's not, <laughs> he's not just begging it don't, in the clips. Yeah, don't stop laughing I, at me, please. <laughs> Moon Kid didn't know about Pepe Le Pew cartoons. I didn't know. So I showed him Pepe Le Pew, which I think nowadays Pepe Le Pew would not go over well. Pepe I Le think Pew it would definitely be uh, poo-pooed upon. Yeah, I think Pepe? it gives a very bad picture of French people. <laughs> I, I, I don't approve of that. You think? <laughs> so, so you're saying it's not really accurate? Uh, well, you can judge with me, but I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to set the table today and tell folks what we're dishing out. Yeah, since P.O.D.'s off hiking. I know. Slacker. We'll get to that in a little bit. We got Trail News with Spetch. 
We, we're going to hear something from Fidget. I'm not going to tell you what. Ooh. We got Moon Kid in to talk about his America to America hike, also known as the American hike. Yeah, we try. We try. We got trips. We've got a trail tip from Moon Kid. I hope you remember what you told me you were going to say. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. We're Don't g- run out of chocolate. <laughs> we're just time here and said it. We're going to hear from our old friend Wolverine, who's out on a trail somewhere right now. Uh, we've got more calls on the Trail Show Hotline than ever before. You folks are responding to our 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 queries please. and our It's pleas. nice. We've definitely been blowing up. We may or may not hear something uh, in regards to iTunes. We've got a very interesting media review that you will you'll be talking about for months. We might hear from D'Lo. It's TBD. No Possible. One, Possible. No one knows. And we've got some Ask a Iger questions, you know, kind of the standard stuff. Also... We've got the tent stake. We go, do we? Uh-huh. Do we? Okay, okay. I got that tent stake from uh, Outdoor Retailer that we're going to talk about. Oh, wow. I forgot about that tent stake. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just I crack up every time... I hear that intro. It's hilarious. Here it is. Here it is. Um, all right, cool. Let's get to it. Uh, I've got just, you know, about half a dozen items. Um, we're going to blast through them pretty quick. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the Pacific Crest Trail now has 17 more miles that have been protected. So the uh, the Trust for Public Land and the Pacific Crest Trail Association um, have managed to protect an area in the uh, Trinity Divide in the Klamath and Shasta Trinity National Forests. So for those familiar with the Pacific Crest Trail, it's a, I actually think one of the highlights of Northern California is definitely those areas. I'm not entirely clear on exactly where the portions are. I had a hard time finding like a map, but it's definitely you know pretty awesome to hear uh, of an acquisition that's able to protect 17 more miles. In total, and it, I don't believe it's just this acquisition, but in total, uh, the Trust for Public Land has uh, done 35 projects along the trail and protected 36,649 acres. So definitely one of those spots that if you're looking for somewhere at the end of the year to give money to for a charity, Trust for Public Land might not be a bad call. Incredible. When you think about these trails we have and just how fragile some of the pieces are, it's critical that they that they're able to do this kind of kind of conservation it really is you know i mean the the trail corridor is a thin strip um in a lot of places the the sensation of being in remote wilderness is kind of an illusion because you're really not all that far from stuff uh so the more that we can buy parcels of land and have them you know permanently protected uh along the you know the margins of the trail corridor the more we can protect you know that that nature wilderness experience um such that it is so yeah give give them your money mo money mo money mo money mo money less problems more wolves there you go more <laughs> wolves is the next story so um colorado hasn't really had wolves since about 1940 uh we used to have the mexican subspecies and the gray wolf um and they got basically wiped out, you know, obviously ranching and whatever. People used to just shoot them for reasons or no reasons, I guess. Uh, so the last one was supposedly killed in about the, about 1940. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think it was July 8th, 
uh, somebody actually snapped some photos of a wolf in northern Colorado um, up in Jackson County. So this is the first sighting in quite a long time. Kind of a cool thing. There are actually some efforts underway to try to reintroduce the wolves to Colorado. Uh, so I think that's kind of an interesting idea. I, I'm all for it. I think when you bring back apex predators, you're you're doing a good thing for the ecosystems, generally speaking. Uh, it worked out pretty well when they reintroduced them in, in Yellowstone. So I think there's a lot of places that would be awesome to get wolves back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also bison, but, you know, I don't have a story this month. <laughs> one at that. a time, one at a time. <laughs> um, let's see. So next up, you know, I actually have a few stories um, that all center around um, um, lightning. So we're lightning. Just, we're just going to talk about them real quick here. Um, lightning. The first one is, uh, let's see, it was July 8th. There were uh, a few different groups of people on a couple of different 14ers here in Colorado that experienced some electrical shock or had um, like their hair standing on end and things buzzing and whatnot. So uh, a pretty frightening situation. A lot of these, uh, or a few of these videos actually uh, made the rounds on the social medias. Uh, so I don't know if people may have seen these. Did you guys see these at all? Were they on, uh, were they on Bumble? Sure. All I know. They were not on Bumble, no. <laughs> I would have I I known. Okay. All I know is if, if your hair is standing on end, maybe it's not the time for the selfie. Maybe it's <laughs> I know, right? time for anything else. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, these things definitely looked like people were, were filming them as they were like trying to rush down the mountain and stuff like that. Mm. And clearly the a lot of the people in these videos uh, did Yikes. not have any like training in uh, lightning protocol. So Yeah, right, I think um, if your hair is right on your head, you know, it doesn't matter if you run down or not. You're just connected, yeah. <laughs> you cannot I, outrun lightning. Even no, you can't. I mean, like you can try, but even ah. if you're U Usain Bolt, you cannot outrun. But I I heard that sometimes you 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 feel some buzz like in yeah. your ears, and it means you're already connected to the to the electrical network you, in the sky. So it's yeah, too exactly. Late. I mean, if you're if you're feeling electricity on your body, you are part of the network. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a matter of whether oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. of whether the lightning just is going to choose you to go through yeah. or Emer some other emergency in position is not going to save your life, maybe not, but yeah. Yeah, I mean the get, honestly the, about the most you can do is get off the ridge line. So instead of running like along a ridge line, literally trying to bail down it down. as much as you yeah. can. Right. Um, and then, yeah, assuming the lightning position, that's that's pr pretty much the most you can do. There's yeah. Not, I mean, th really, the most you can do is not put yourself in a situation where you have to try sure. to think about outrunning a lightning Prevention. storm. Because that ain't... You that cannot ain't outrun God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't even try it. <laughs> Don't even try it, man. So, yeah. Um, uh, anyways, that was uh, two different mountains um, that on this particular day that the, the people were experiencing uh, lightning effects and there were some strikes. And then there was another one. Um, let's see, three injured uh, near Do uh, Devil's Head in Douglas County, a group of eight people climbing. Seven of them were able to walk out, but they did have to, um, like, medevac or whatever, the, uh, you know, emergency transport out the, uh, the other person. Douglas County, um, by with, the way, with a, with in litter, Colorado. Not, not like a chopper or whatever. Um, get in the chopper so yeah pretty crazy and then i actually have one more lightning story 
Um, this one wow. is uh, a historic um, fire lookout in Yellowstone National Park, the Holmes, Mount Holmes Fire Lookout. Uh, burned to the ground after it was struck by lightning. Um, so this is this was actually let's see the story's dated July nineteenth. Um, Those things are designed to take lightning strikes. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. kind of interesting because usually yeah they've got like lightning yeah. rods and things like that 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 are able to. I actually talked to <laughs> someone who worked in one once about that. And oh yeah. If you're in the in the top of one, they have like a little stool or something you sit in, and supposedly it creates a a cage around you that will. Will channel it down away from you. Really? Like in the car, yeah. Yeah. I already heard about that. Yeah. But man, but can I you imagine know. sitting yeah. up in a fire tower that, on a yeah. little stool with your feet off the ground, just like. But think about that <laughs> selfie. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, yeah, pretty crazy. Anyway, so that's the last of the lightning stories. Uh, so, I, I'm going to just cap that little segment of Trail News off by saying be lightning aware. Um, know what, know how to do the, the lightning safe position or emergency yep. position or whatever, uh, and, and, and know it. how to just, uh, keep your eye on weather and plan and, you know, look what the weather forecast is and things like that. Start your hikes early enough in the day so that you're not up there in the middle of like the afternoon thunder cell activity. That's fairly predictable here in Colorado. Yeah. So, and in other areas as well, you know, know your weather. This is kind of a fun one. Um, a man was attacked by a black bear, so he killed it with an axe. That, where, where did this happen? <laughs> uh, Canada. Um, of course. Of course. You know. uh, so the dude's name was Alex Woods. Uh, he's a 54-year-old guy. Um, oh, that's he, my dad. Oh, oh is that? <laughs> Hello, daddy. How are you doing? Hey, shout out to his dad. There we go. Killed a, killed a bear with an axe. Yeah, so uh, June 26th, uh, he's a former pathologist, um, works in British Columbia, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, he's, uh, he was out um, in, the, uh, in an undeveloped piece of forest um, checking out this like amar- armoria root disease or something. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he uh, of course Amaria Amaria root disease. Everyone knows, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but yeah, he was out there, and he you know he was doing his yo bear yo bear thing or whatever, um, and uh, it attacked him, um, and then he ended up like having to defend himself and and uh, and manage to kill the thing with with an axe. So, God, was it an adult bear? Do we know? Oh, let's see. There was, I think, I mean, some number of like the weight. And was it? Like no, you said article. black bear. It was not a grizzly. That's correct. Yeah, black bear. Okay, it's plausible. I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's. I mean, if it's true, it's obviously plausible. So, I mean, <laughs> but is it true or is it fake news? No, nah. I mean, there's like <laughs> photo, there's photos of the bear <laughs> in the article. It's outside, and they, I mean, they generally are reliable. They can always be counted on to have like stories that are accurate and to take people's photographs and then never pay them for them or ask for permission. But that's another hello, story. Hello, special. <laughs> I'm not so certain about the black bear story. <laughs> who's, yeah, you, who's this? You haven't heard from me in a while, special. Is this? Is Dude, this Dick I Cheney? know your type. Is this Dick Cheney? DT out. Wow, that was weird. I. 
I don't He's, I don't know what happened. Triple O, mm-hmm. what happened? You've got the trail show. Was that on Trail Show Hotline? What was that? I don't know who that was or okay. where it was. It was not Trail Show Hotline. Trail Show Hotline is, is all I, about the Constitution. Let's move on. I think it's probably just some sort of an overreach of security yeah. apparatuses or yeah. something. I think it was some interference from a Russian uh, sleeper cell or something. You know. I, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Here, let me whack the tubes. <laughs> Okay. All right, I got one more story, and then we're going to be done with trail news. Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> this is the what, most what important is she doing trail here news the trade show? of all I time. Don't I'm going to so, leave the room. So Beyonce was shooting a video to promote uh, the new Lion King movie um, at Havasu Falls, which is, uh, for those unfamiliar, it's a pretty awesome waterfall. Um, actually, Havasu Falls is cool, but Mooney Falls further down Canyon is better. Is that Havasupai? Uh, Havasupai are the people that live there. Okay, but the falls are the Havasu. Yeah, the Havasu falls. is the. Okay. Yeah, I think it's uh, Havasupai is like people of the blue green water or something like that. So okay. Havasu, I think, must mean like green blue water. If you go on Instagram, you'll see a picture of it. In yeah, about 10 yeah. Seconds. Everybody goes there. I've, I've I've been there before. It is actually very pretty, but it's also extremely overrun, and it's got and it's some problematic expensive. things going on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in any case, um, Beyonce, you know, Beyonce gets what she wants. Okay, for those of you who don't know, um, and deserves it, and, and, and deserves, okay, and earned it. Give her her things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, she was shooting a video down there for Lion King, and apparently it was sort of like a last-minute thing, and because of it, there were some folks who uh, kind of missed out on their their permits and things. Um, yeah, and then other people were, like, upset that she got to, like, cut the line or whatever, you know? Welcome to America. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the the thing is, is like that whole area is is owned by the Havasupai tribe, and they were uh, quote honored to have been asked to uh, to have her down there and and film uh, the song Spirit in front of the falls. So, you know, I guess when Beyonce's people were were like, "Hey, uh, how's it going, Havasupai people?" Uh, what uh, can we come down there and shoot a video? They were like, "Yes, yeah. Beyonce, come hang out, please." Yeah. Um, actually, the when are we in all? The mail. I mean, the, come the, on. There's like, I would hang out with Beyonce. For yeah, sure. like, I would on. definitely stand you guys up and hang out with Beyonce what? tonight. I'm just saying. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I would too. Let's just be real. Come on, man. Um, and, and, and it's, there's it's, there's like these the, a couple of photos of her like hanging out with some of the people that live down there because there are you know, members of, of the tribe that do live down there right. uh, on a permanent or a semi-permanent basis. Um, and that's their life down there. That's what, that's where they are. So uh, it was pretty cool to, to, to see the, that she like actually hung out with at least some of the people that were down there. And I kind of liked the idea that she shut it down and there was like at least a, a day or two or whatever that there weren't throngs of people charging up and down the Canyon and, yeah, I, I'm yeah. okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. And yeah, it's good. It's good publicity for them. I mean, they, I mean, not that they need it. They they, they really get, don't. They sell their permits immediately, basically, yeah. uh, as soon as they're on sale. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, a big pop star. I mean, I think the, I read an article the other a month or so ago about a Justin Bieber video that was in Iceland, and now that is like that whole area is crazy. So. Yeah, I mean that's uh, what I would like to see is um, 
is hopefully some of these folks that are bringing attention to these areas, uh, maybe also so bringing some attention to the ways to use them responsibly and to uh, protect them from overuse. So yeah, stay tuned. Next up. Stay tuned. All right. Uh, that's actually it. I had some more stories, but it, there's just too much. There was just too much trail news this time. Bye. <laughs> and there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Special 41. He just ran out the door to go eat some more crepes. <laughs> and now he's back. That's a good crepe. All right, folks. For this month's media review, we have a very controversial figure in the trail community in the hiking world um in the outdoor world i should say he has fifty-eight thousand followers on instagram a lot more than the trail show and he has an account that's called public lands hate you and if you haven't seen that account you should go check it out it's pretty interesting we're gonna we're gonna find out all about what that account's about what his mission is but i should tell you that we don't actually know his name because he is anonymous we don't. So all we can tell you is that he is the public lands hates you guy. Yeah, I've been just referring to him as the hater. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, we'll have to ask him if he's okay with us calling him the hater. I mean, I already told him a while ago that I, that we call him the hater, and and he thought that was appropriate. Okay, he, he was okay with it. I mean, yeah, he. You know, I don't think he has any illusions about. How well-liked he is by some people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's give the hater a call, and we might even play a prank on him. I talked to him for a few minutes. Oh. Hello? Hello? Hello. This is uh, Public Land Hate You. Hey, this is Disco, Out of Order, Special 41, and Moon Kid from the Trail Show. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you all doing? We're, We're doing, doing well. Great. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on the show tonight. We have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> I imagine you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll, we'll just go ahead and, and jump in. Um, so you are, for, for, for our listeners, the, uh, the operator of the Public Lands Hates You um, Instagram account. Um, so do you want to just talk sure. real quick about um, just in a nutshell what the account is about and maybe then why it is that you decided to start doing it. Sure. So the Public Lands Hate You account, um, I'll kind of do it in reverse here. I'll, I'll say why I started it and then go into what the point is. Um, so I started the account about a year ago after going uh, backpacking in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho. And I just felt like every corner I, I turned on the trail, I saw something that just showed how disrespectful some people were being towards our public land, uh, be it people shortcutting switchbacks, carving their names into trees, having campfires where they weren't allowed, not extinguishing campfires fully, uh, camping where they shouldn't be. And, you know, at the end of that hike, uh, hiking back to the car and in the drive home, I was just kind of fuming about it. Um, I was like, man, what, why, is, why have things gotten so much worse recently? I feel like it didn't used to be like this. And I kind of, you know, drew a conclusion between social media and, you know, these sort of things happening and the lack of education. I said, well, um, you know, I personally feel that a lot of this is happening due to social media and, uh, you know, why not fight fire with fire, if you will. So I decided I'll start posting some of what I see to social media in the hopes that, you know, maybe I can, um, you know, educate people about why these things aren't okay with using examples of um, things like I just mentioned. You know, this is why you shouldn't camp um, so close to a waterway and 
this is why carving your initials into trees isn't okay and why cutting short time to switch back, you know, isn't acceptable. And it was initially intended to be um, just a personal way for me to kind of vent and, and share what I, what I saw. And obviously it turned into something um, much larger than I intended. Um, so th that's a little bit of the background. As for what the account does now, um, it's along the same lines. You know, it's, it's sharing content that is posted to social media that um, is harmful to our public lands or is illegal on our public lands. And, and sharing that in a way that kind of educates everybody about why it's harmful and, um, you know, why those, why we shouldn't be doing those things and, and the proper way that we should be acting when we're visiting our public land. Okay, cool. And so now one of the things that uh, really kind of makes your account controversial is obviously it's got hate right there in it, right? Um, and mm -hmm. you've been criticized for being uh, like a, a bully. Um, people, some folks are like, oh, call out culture is is just bullying and, and stuff. Um, so I, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, what it is that you think is sort of that dividing line between showing when people are doing stuff that really they shouldn't be doing. And when you've got people that have got 70,000 followers and every time they are off-leash dogs in a, you know, national park and things like that. I mean, like they're spreading this idea that that's okay. So that's clearly not good. And so you draw attention to that. But obviously those people are facing some backlash. And so you have definitely caught some criticism for basically, you know, sending the mob their way. So what, what do you think is sort of like your balance point? How have you developed maybe that balance point of uh, of calling attention to it in an educational way, uh, but without sort of getting the mob riled. You know, it's a, that's a, a really uh, you know complicated question with a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, and, and, I like totally. I said, that's the, a, the, that is a big one. That, that's okay. I'll, I'll do my best to answer it and and jump in at any time, and uh, we, we can we can we can talk about it. But so yeah, it it, it there has been a lot of criticism surrounding that. Um, you know, people have said that the account is just a bullying account, and it's just full of negativity and, and all that. And you know, I've I've been learning as the account grows, and you know, as it's gotten bigger, you know, with fifty eight thousand followers now, you know, I've kind of had to think a little bit more about what I'm sharing because there are people on the internet who are only there to troll and only there to just go around and and you know say mean things and and try and cause controversy in a way that's not positive and not educational. And it's not my intent for the account to be a conduit for those people. I don't want to give people like that a platform to just go and harass people. That's not intent. And, you know, that's been brought to my attention. And um, what I've done is I've kind of set some guidelines for the account in, um, you know, how I'm going to share other people's content that I, in my opinion, feel is illegal or harmful to the environment. And those guidelines are posted to the account so that um, anybody can see them. And I always encourage people to chime in. Um, you know, part of this account, you know, it, it definitely is controversial. And one thing that I think is extremely important is to keep lines of communication open with everybody. Um, I don't block anybody. I don't delete comments unless somebody is being, you know, absolutely vile. Um, you know, if, if people are posting things that I personally don't agree with or don't like, that's okay. It's part of it because that's what I'm doing too. You know, I'm saying, Hey, I don't like that you're taking your dog off leash in the park. 
so yeah, th- that's kind of what I've done to try and um, you know mitigate against that kind of bullying. And and you know, it, it's not perfect. It will never be a perfect system, but you know, I, I'm going to try and continue to improve it um, as people have suggestions. Gotcha. Hey, Disco here. I noticed that um, uh, a lot of your early posts in particular dealt with a specific area in California that had poppy fields that bloomed uh, seasonally. And you were seeing a lot of, I guess you were seeing a lot of Instagram posts where people were kind of marketing products in that poppy field. Could you talk a little bit about that specific location and some of the things that you saw being posted um, on social media from that location that were somewhat egregious. Yeah, so that you're referring to the infamous uh, super bloom that that happened this year, as everybody's been referring to it as. And two of the most popular locations it seemed like for people to go and visit and experience the super bloom were uh, Walker Canyon in or near Lake Elsinore and the Antelope Valley Poppy Reserve. And you know, a lot of the things that I was seeing there. It was it was incredible. You know, you had these these influencers, and you know, I say influencer as you know somebody who's got tens of thousands of followers or more in these poppy fields off the trail. Um, you know, spread eagle in the poppies, advertising the dress that they're wearing, or holding a pair of M and M's, or with a fistful of freshly picked poppies, advertising acrylic fingernails for oh, um, you know for for CVS and. You know, I, I saw those things and I, I just couldn't believe it. I, just, I, I couldn't believe that people would think that that was acceptable. I mean, there, it, it was wrong on, on so many different levels. A, picking the flowers, um, advertising without a commercial uh, photography permit, which is required on a lot of public lands to advertise, yeah. um, you know, going off the trails and, and, you know, trampling these flowers. And all of that kind of adds up. And, you know, there's some before and after pictures that are posted on my profile. And the damage is, is pretty astounding. In three weeks, you, it went from this unbroken field of wildflowers to just a spider web of trails. And, you know, I think a lot of that was due to influencers going out there and advertising their products and, and things like that. And people seeing that and saying, hey, I, that's a sweet picture. I want that picture, too. And it just kind of snowballed and, and clearly um, got out of control pretty quickly. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, we're where we're recording from tonight is about an hour north of Great Sand Dunes National Park here in Colorado. And out of order, um, our co-host here in the room went on a hike up there recently. And, and t- tell a little bit yeah. about what you saw with uh, the influencers. I mean- the good thing about the I sand, can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing about the sand dunes is, you know, it's sand, so you're not you're not destroying flowers as you walk around it. But yeah, it's just incredible how many people are just out there posing for pictures. You know, and it's not like I, you know, who who among us has not posed for a picture? I always pose when I'm on the top of a mountain. I'm really excited, but you know, they're bringing outfits and costume changes, and it's <laughs> oh, like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's kind incredible. Of and the same thing was that. The- the same thing was at the poppy fields. There, there was I saw a picture of actually a, a changing booth oh, wow. um, for what? somebody. I, I just couldn't believe it. There were people out there with makeup crews and and, top, and multiple outfits, like you mentioned, and it, wow. it was just you know, it, it made it so vividly clear to me that a lot of people are just using the public lands as a backdrop for whatever it is that they're trying to do. And you know, 
that that's fine. You know, I, I have no problem with anybody who wants to go out and enjoy a national park or their, their local county park or a national forest. Um, I, I encourage anybody who wants to use it to, to use them and enjoy them. But I think that there there needs to be a little bit more, um, you know, thought that goes into how people are doing it. You know, they're not just there to be a backdrop for your advertisements or for the content you're creating for a bunch of followers that you've never met. You know, um, yeah, I mean, like, I know, think it, the, the it, thing uh, for me is that it's, if nothing else, you, you know, you, you need to comply with the law. Um, and so when people are out there on the public lands that are doing things that are just patently illegal, um, you know, that's, it's, it's problematic, you know, it's, it's one thing when you've got somebody who's doing a less than leave no trace behavior out of ignorance, right? They don't know how, uh, to do the thing the right way, or they don't know that the thing that they're doing has a negative impact. I honestly think that, you know, for the most part, most of the impacts in the public lands are of that nature. But certainly when you've got people that are getting out there without the knowledge and the, their, their source of like inspiration is people who are demonstrating incorrect ways of getting out, it's a problem, you know? So I definitely think that there's a real, a real need for people to, I don't know, on two different fronts, right? I think that part of the people, part of the criticism that you've had is that it's a, is that it's like negative focused. You're showing these wrong things that people are doing. And, and I, I mean, I worked for leave no trace for a year as a traveling trainer. And certainly when you're in that position, you have to have a certain toe the line of like how you present the material and the tone with which you do it and things like that. And I certainly think that the leave no trace like method of like the soft approach and the education on the one hand is important but I do actually think that what you do with the whole pointing out people who were egregiously wrong and egregiously wrong in front of tens of thousands of people who don't know any better and are going to maybe go out to those same places or other places and exhibit those same bad behaviors. Um, so I definitely think that there's a real value to what you're doing. I, I'm also curious, you know, how this has actually impacted your personal life because it's got to be like yeah. some of these people who are influencers, right? Like it, they spend, it's like a full-time job for them, you know, um, with yeah. 58,000 yeah. visitors and like a pretty active, you know, Instagram presence. I mean, I know people send you messages all the time with like, hey, I saw this account doing this and this account doing that. How the heck do you find the time and how have you, how has this impacted you personally? Yeah. So you, you asked how it impacted my, my personal life. And my response to that is, uh, you know, what personal life? I'm not sure what that is anymore. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, yeah, it is a huge time suck. And like you said, there are a lot of influencers who do it full time. And I think that the way that I kind of run this account, I encourage people to kind of um, interact with me a lot it takes up even more time than I think a, a standard influencer account does. You know, I get anywhere from probably 30 to 70 messages a day on average. Oh, and I would say about half of those are people submitting content and saying, Hey, I think that this is illegal. And, you know, I've, I've traveled quite a bit. So I ha- feel like I have a pretty good grasp of, um, you know, what's allowed in a lot of areas, but it does take a lot of time to follow up on those. And I do, I try to answer every single message that I get, be it, um, positive, negative criticism, support, 
Um, and yeah, it, it does take up a lot of time, but I feel that it's extremely important. Um, you know, that's kind of been one of my things with the account is that um, dialogue is important and education is important. And that's why I try to respond. That's why I, I try and respond to, you know, absolutely everybody. Um, you know, an important part of this for me to, to balance it has been to take take weekends off occasionally and just leave the phone at home uh, over the 4th of July weekend. You know, I, I took four days and, and three nights and, and went backpacking up in the sawtooth. And, uh, you know, that really helps to, helps nice. me to recharge and kind of helps me refocus on why I'm actually doing this. You know, it, 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 I find that it's really easy to kind of just get sucked into it and lose sight of, of what the bigger goal is. Yeah, so I, I imagine, like, you know, when it comes to uh, communication on this scale, it's got to be uh, interesting to cope with. Um, you know, and speaking of communication, uh, I mean, that was um, really, I think, part of the main reason I, I kind of wanted to have you on the show was uh, when we worked with Leave No Trace, me and my former lady friend, Zool, uh, one of the things that we did extensively was talk with, with public lands managers about uh, the use of this thing called the authority of the resource technique. Uh, and for people that are unfamiliar with it, it's basically a, an approach where if like you encounter somebody that's doing something that's less than leave no trace, so let's say you, say, you see them like throwing their banana peel or whatever, it's a way to like talk with that person and structure your interaction such that like they're not going to get defensive about things, hopefully, or it gives them the opportunity to not get people defensive always about get defensive about things, man. What well, are you talking about? I mean, so like the whole idea is like you start with like a build some rapport. Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, beautiful trail out here. Da 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 da. You know, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've been noticing like more litter, like you know. And, <laughs> including ball so like but you never you never put them in a corner right and right. so it's almost in in some ways like the opposite of the the call out approach but it's still like this way of of letting people know hey yeah that thing you did it's not totally cool here's why it's not cool that's you know a huge component of it and here's an option of how you can do it better you know it's like you see somebody with their dog off leash oh hey yeah you know great trail but actually this area is is dogs on leash because there's deer that you know give birth over here and raise their young and with the dogs running around it scares them off so that's why and but you know where's a great dog park is down the road you know this that's where i take my dog you know stuff like that so in any case i'm curious you know have you um in your interactions with the influencers developed sort of your media kit for how you um, approach them and if you are able to find like some folks that that are receptive I'm kind of curious how that's gone have you encountered people that are like oh hey you know I didn't really realize that Th thanks for pointing it out and have you seen any type of like I don't know um, correction of action from any any of the accounts that you've called out so I I think that the authority of the resource method is a fantastic way to approach people, especially when approaching people in person, you know, in the environment, uh, you know, at the park, and while they're actually doing something that, um, you know, is less than leave no trace. I think that the authority of the resource method, you know, it, I, I think it was originally, you know, Dr. George Wallace originally proposed it, it left 30 40 years ago, something like that. And it hasn't really been updated much. And, you know, I think that that's something that we all need to think about that you know, with social media, things are changing. That said, I still do try to incorporate a lot of the 
um, different you know, points that are in authority of the resource. I, I try to give people benefit of the doubt. So when I see something, I'll always um, message them before anything else. I'll say, hey, uh, it looks like in your picture, you have your dog off leash somewhere where it's not allowed. Um, you know, what, what's the deal here? And then, you know, it kind of progresses from there. I, I then like to follow it up with, okay, like maybe you, maybe you didn't know. Okay, great. Well, this is why it's not okay. Um, you know, it, it, there's an impact to the uh, quality of other people's experience. There's an impact to wildlife. And then from there, you know, I, I do like to try and give, you know, an alternative. Like, hey, have you considered uh, just sharing your dog on a leash, you know, on the paved path where it's allowed? Or, you know, maybe keep this picture up, but perhaps edit your caption and say, say to your followers, you know, oh, I, I didn't know that dogs weren't allowed here, but, you know, somebody has pointed it out. And if you, my followers, ever go anywhere, keep in mind that um, there are rules about dogs and that you should go ahead and research those. So that's kind of how I try to approach most of the interactions and um, you know, it gives people a, an opportunity to interact with me. You know, I'm not out to get anybody, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> my goal my goal is education and, and to get people to, to be thinking more about how they're interacting with our, our public land. You know, a lot of times the, that interaction goes well. I would say 80% of the time that it's a, a, a positive result. The other 20% of the time is um, the content that often gets reshared on my account. And that is often due to the result of people um, either immediately blocking me, refusing to engage in that conversation, or continuing to remain ignorant and arrogant about um, their actions and the impact that their actions might be having on, on public land. Hey, this is Monkid, and I wanted, yeah, to say just thank you, because I think you make great words work, actually, in, on Instagram. But, um, yeah, what, what you are saying is very interesting, because I think at the same time, listeners, our listeners have to understand that what you're doing is very important, because you, you, you draw a lot of attention on, on those uh, wrong behaviors in, in the wilderness. But at the same time, maybe for every every one of us you know the right attitude is more to to try to educate the people that we have in front of us and uh, particularly in other countries i mean we are here in the usa there are all the the lnt lnt uh i don't know process and everything and but it's important to understand even here that the the yeah the right behavior is just to to pay attention to to what the people what the people are in front of us with all their their culture, their education. And of course, all those listeners have a, a lot of uh, responsibility because, yeah, of course, they, yeah, they have a lot of influence on all those people. And so I think the right way to do it is just to, I mean, for most of us, just to, yeah, to try to listen to the people we have in front of us and try to to show the right example too. But Your job is very important. I am aware it, it doesn't must be. It's, it's not easy at all. You know, you you say you spend a lot of time answering messages and everything. So yeah, thank you because we need some people like you definitely. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I wish I didn't have to do it, but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, oh, sure. clearly clearly there are some people out there who uh, they're they're kind of blinded by uh, the 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 need to create this content and 
all the other rules uh, kind of kind of just fly out the window it seems like sometimes i was just thinking like i started hiking in the late 90s and i feel like what we heard in the late 90s and even the early 2000s was that you know backpacker and hiker numbers are on the decline because of video games and other you know tv based activities and less people were going outdoors I've heard of, you know, you hear this thing, nature deficit disorder. And I kind of wonder now with with social media, if sort of the opposite thing is happening now as a result of smartphones and Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts. And I, I don't have any, you know, scientific data. You might know better than me. Are, are we seeing increases in numbers of hikers now and increases in numbers of like daily visits to national parks? And, and if so, do you think that's a result of social media? Sure. So the, the best numbers that I have and the numbers that I typically refer to are just the national park visitation numbers because um, those, you know, most of the national parks have entrance gates. So it's pretty easy to monitor how many people are coming to the national park. So, you know, taking a look at those numbers, from 1986 to 2013, the average number of visitors to the National Park System site was 273 million people a year. Now, that varied a little bit, but was fairly constant. So it varied from a low of 256 million to a high of 287 million. So very, okay. very constant. In 2014, the numbers started to spike. So we went from you know that average of 273 million 292, 307, 330 million. Hmm. So that's a 21% increase in three years. And interestingly, Instagram had about 90 million users in 2013, and that increased to about a billion users four years later. Wow. Um, so, so there, I personally believe that there's a, definitely a correlation there. Now, do I have, you know, any statistical analysis that can prove that? No, I don't. But just based on those numbers and what I've personally experienced um, visiting the national park, and I, I think that there is a hundred percent definitely a correlation there. And, and that's, and that's okay. You know, I think it's a great thing. Like I said, I think that everybody should visit our national yeah. park and our public lands. Um, anybody who wants to visit them, I encourage them to, and I'm happy to help anybody and give people tips about where to go. Um, but part of that, I think, is also transferring knowledge about these places and how people can visit responsibly and treat these places with respect so that they're going to be there for future generations. I think that with this whole social media effect, people are, go are, are going for... I don't want to say the wrong reasons, but they're they're going just to get the, the shot rather than going to immerse themselves in these special places and learn about these special places and, um, you know, sharing them in a way that kind of conveys how special they actually are. So one of the criticisms is, that has been leveled against you is that you're a gatekeeper. Um, and this <laughs> this is one that I find real interesting because, like, I do think that there's a, a real problem with uh, an underrepresentation of of minorities uh, in the outdoors. Uh, it's it's spaces that they've been actively excluded from, that have been unsafe for them, and then have not been reinvited to. A lot of times they don't have access to get to them, if, even if they wanted to, knew that it was theirs to go to, 
a lot of stuff that kind of goes into it. In any case, um, how do you how do you sort of try to balance, and how has the dealing with um, that as sort of like one of the potential impacts that you might have? Um, how have you sort of um, a- adapted your approach to make sure that like you're keeping that in mind? I will say that you know I wanted to talk about this a little bit, but I have also noticed that the vast majority of the people you seem to point out the behavior of are like pretty white people. So, um, yeah, but anyway, (laughs) so yeah, so the the gatekeeping topic is an interesting one and the people who point that out definitely, um, they have some valid points. Uh, There are a lot of groups that are underrepresented in the outdoor community. And, um, you know, I think that encouraging everybody you know, to visit our public lands is a good thing. I think that anybody that wants to use them should use them. That said, I do think that there are some places that do require a, a certain set of knowledge in order to visit those places safely and responsibly. Um, you know, you wouldn't give the keys to a brand new Ferrari to a 16-year-old who's never driven and doesn't have a driver's license. And along the same lines, um, you know, I wouldn't tell a million people about an extremely sensitive location that can't handle that amount of visitation without providing them with the information and knowledge that they need in order to visit that location and respect that location. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's also a safety issue. There's a lot of places that you do need to have a certain skill set in order to visit safely. And by sending people to these places without giving them, educating them about um, you know, how to be prepared to visit that location. Not only are um, you potentially putting those people, people's lives at risk, but you're also potentially putting the lives of first responders at risk that might have to come and, you know, haul those people out of a wilderness area or off the side of a mountain because they got in over their heads trying to go somewhere that was recommended by somebody and they didn't really have the the knowledge that they needed. So, you know, it, it's a really hard balance. You know, I, I personally, um, as far as geotagging goes, you know, I, I don't really geotag locations. If somebody wants to know where a location is, I'm happy to tell them. Um, but what I've kind of been suggesting to my followers is, you know, tag the visitor's center. You know, if you're going to go to um, a waterfall in a national forest, tag the visitor center. That way, everybody knows where you are. They have the general location. And people can go to the visitor center and say, hey, I saw this cool waterfall. Um, you know, where is it? How do I get there? And what do I need to be prepared? And I think in that case, you know, everybody's in. Yeah. So th- that's kind of yeah. that's kind yeah. of my take on it. We've, we're going to have to wrap up this interview, but, you know, maybe a good good finishing point. You just mentioned something you'd like to see people do. Is there is there something you'd like to see people do less of? And <laughs> and um yeah, like any other any other suggestions that that you could give our listeners or just you know folks in general related to public lands. Sure, I, I won't I won't say that there's anything I want people to do less of because I think I cover that pretty extensively on the account. Something that I would like to see people do more of is when they're sharing pictures of say the half dome at Yosemite instead of sharing an inspirational quote from a, a song that was made 40 years ago. You know, maybe share some information about Yosemite. You know, 
um, you know, how to hike Half Dome or, you know, something about trail conditions or just provide just a small amount of educational content there. I think that, that doing that really could have a, a big impact. Um, you know, lots of little actions add up. And, you know, if everybody kind of did that and jumped on board with that, I think that the end result would be a huge net positive for our public lands and for everybody who visits them. Absolutely. The Instagram account is called Public Lands Hate You. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and taking some time to talk to us about the message you're trying to get out there. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Hey, All thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank Have a good you. one. Yeah. Talk to you later. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. The public lands hate you guy. Wow. Yeah. All I can say is wow. That's very inspirational. And you don't, just so you know, you don't need an Instagram account to look at his Instagram account. You can go pull up a browser, type in Instagram.com slash public lands hate you, and you'll be able to at least, you, you can't comment, but you can view what he's posted. So. Uh, I'd also like to point out he doesn't um, make any money off of it at all. Uh, I, I, um, so people have criticized him for a lot of reasons. Um, and I have to say, like, I get where some of them are coming from, but I've followed his account for a while and I've, I've watched his reactions and, and his stuff. And yeah, he's snarky. You know, he's got like well, the, the edge. It's part of the, it's part yeah. of the account, but I, I don't think that he crosses over into, sure. into being like, that dude you know I, um and i i really do think a lot of the stuff that he points out are major problems and when he's you know it's not like he's pointing these out for people who have a instagram account of like you know a thousand people or something like that that's really not all that much i mean like, yeah mm. but pointing them out for these mega accounts I, I think it's important i think that i think the people that have those need to have somebody to to say like hey man you know that picture that you're posting that's a showing you doing illegal stuff it's showing you doing kind of not cool bro you know <laughs> that that picture that, that you're showing that's showing you in a diesel truck doing wheelies in the poppy field that's not that's not a good thing yeah and you know i'm pretty sure instagram has a terms of service yeah. uh part that like you know talks about not posting illegal content but like hmm. it, that's it's yeah, really tough to, to that, keep actually. all of that stuff like you know in in yeah. check so I feel actually the point is not the the account itself. It's more like the fact that he he put that subject on the table. Yeah. And uh, all those people, you know, influencers on on his, you know, Instagram, they they do absolutely whatever they want. It's just the fact, not not the pictures itself. Actually, it doesn't matter. But just to make the people understand that all they do is not the right behavior. And um, I I feel we we need some people like this absolutely. So. But it brings that subject on the table, and uh, it helps people to educate about LNT and everything. So it's very good. Sure. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, it, anybody have any other? Well, we got. Do we got trail show hotline well, calls, man? Well, right. I just. Ah, wa- yeah. I just want to say, like, one thing that I would really like to just conclude on is: learn, leave no trace. Actually, learn the seven principles, and and don't just learn the seven principles. Learn about like how to actually put them into practice in in whatever activity that you do in whatever uh, um, places that you recreate in. You can go to the Leave No Trace website and they've got like little hang tags that have kind of best practices for all sorts of different areas and all sorts of different activities. Grab them, check them out. Feel free to pass them out to people, you know, in a, in a nice educational way when you encounter them on the trail. 
you know. Um, but but be appreciative. You gotta learn it. You gotta live it. And you gotta love it. Special. That's right. And if you're gonna be able to like pass it on, that's really where leave no trace knowledge. I think you know starts to hit that exponential curve because until if you're using it yourself that's great but if you're able to actually effectively pass on leave no trace skills to other people you're magnifying that effect so that's the that's me on my soapbox i'll get off now and we can we can get on with the show we got speaking of controversy we have a very controversial trails row hotline call so here let's okay let's go to it this is earl shaper and i never listened to the trail show like that yellow blazing fraud of a hiker, Grandmother Gatewood. <laughs> hey, Fenton, pop me a cold one, will ya? Wow, Ooh. Earl Schaefer from the dead. I, I didn't know he was still with us, Triple O. I know. That's some Black it's Mirror a, technology there. Wow. Amazing hotline. You better wow. get to calling it. That was interesting. Can we can we do one more call <laughs> before? We, All right, yeah, we can do another one. Before we go to break, yeah, let's get one more in. This this one might make you cry. What's up, Trail Show? It's The Onion. Uh, oh, no. Middle of July, I'm just going for a run on the Potomac Heritage Trail, which really I don't think you've uh, covered, but it's a network of trails no. along the Potomac shade. River. I'm cur- currently on the Virginia side, right at water level on Potomac River. The Virginia side is a trail on the Virginia side and the C&O Canal Trail is on the Maryland side. Anyway, when you're right at water level, there's a lot of garbage. And uh, that's all. I need to go find a bathroom. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the info. Wow. Okay, we, we've got to go to break. We come back. We've got a dispatch from Fidget, and we've got Trail of the Month with Moon Kid. Don't go anywhere. Excellent. All right. Heatwave, and I never listened to the trail show. Thanks, Heatwave. We neglected a very important segment uh, that we normally do at the beginning of the show, but we're going to do it now. Shame. Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. Dilo, take it away. Dilo? Crickets. Dilo. Just crickets. Where's Dilo? Is D- Dilo? Dilo? He's too drunk. Oh, this, I think he's the show the is going so much <laughs> more in a direct way today. Wait, did we not get Dilo? Did, we, didn't pr- we didn't pick Dilo up. No, no, what? That's why we were able to drop POD too, because we didn't need her to wrangle him. <laughs> By the way, uh, this is the first show POD has missed since the inception of the Trail Show in 2012. Wow! Wow! I've missed uh, at least one show. I think two actually. She's missed zero until tonight. But I think we might actually hear from her via the Trail Show hotline. Is it's that possible? Correct? I it's feel possible. a little bit guilty that we've got Moon Kid in studio without her. I know, I know, I know. It's same. All right. Hey, she made a decision. Decisions have she consequences. Did. She did. So Beer of the Month is provided by Trail Show Nation. Thank you. We are drinking four different beers from Elevation Brewing Company out of Poncha Springs, which is about six miles up the road from 
our Chafee County studios. I have the first cast IPA. I'm not going to read too much off this can except that it's 6.5 ABV and they have suggested pairings. And the suggested pairings for the IPA are spicy curry, carrot cake, and funky blue cheese. Hmm. Funky blue cheese. What do you have there, Triple O? I've got the Wave Wheel Wit. It also has suggested pairings of egg benedict, pad thai, steamed mussels, and orange sorbet. Steamed mussels? Which, as a combination, that sounds really interesting. Hmm. Um, Yeah, it's got a picture of a kayaker, but this is the trail shows. We're not going to talk about kayaking. (laughs) (laughs) But we know you won't. (laughs) Special. Uh, I've got the eight-second Kolsch. Well, technically, I've moved on to another one, but the eight-second Kolsch was the first one that I drank. Um, and it has a picture of a uh, of a person getting bucked, like a cowboy getting bucked on a, a bronco or whatever. Uh, so this twelve, this Kolsch is five percent alcohol by volume, and it suggests pairings of lemon pepper shrimp, Rocky Mountain oysters, <laughs> and schnitzel. Should we tell folks what Rocky Mountain oysters are? I think we should. What are they? Uh, those would be uh, the testicles of a cow. And how are they prepared typically? Um, I believe they're usually fried, aren't they? That's yeah. that's correct. We the grill. I wanted Mooncake to try some while he was uh, in Colorado, but he he said, you know, for the French, this isn't something that. Uh, what you didn't have the balls? <laughs> that that oh. will be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought the French were like culinarily uh, adventurous and such. Uh huh. I haven't heard about that. I don't know. Well, no, they, <laughs> they just they just eat the endangered bird with a blindfold over their head so that they don't feel shame do, uh, you, do you know about this moon kid i'm not sure i'll show you a video after the show All oh right. god it'll make you cry and for me i have bought her name little mo and 6.5 abv and they they say pairings with osobuco but i have no idea what that i don't know i don't either oh yeah. it's like a beef uh, yeah beef dish it's, it's uh ah, i think it's okay. veal usually uh, also like he's bearing and it's got like the uh mm-hmm. the, the marrow in the middle yeah, it's like yeah. But it's I, I, I would advise to have it with some chocolate. Actually, yeah. all the beers are good with chocolate, but this one is particularly good. Very nice. <laughs> well, thank you, Trail Show Nation, for providing our beverages this evening. We do appreciate it. How about some more Trail Show hotline calls, Triplo? Yeah, let's go. Let's go right to it. What's up, Trail Show? It's Death March Trombley again. Death March again. I'm still on 85. Driving to Atlanta, so I figured I'd give you guys another call back. <laughs> He's just driving. <laughs> I've got a logistics question, and I've got two uh, ask a hiker questions. Wow. Uh, the first one is around uh, beer. Wait, can, can you question. pause that real quick? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So I just want to remind folks that um, you too can have a paid trail show ask a hiker question segment like Death March Bob <laughs> uh, for for the small sum of two hundred dollars every week during the month that that your um ask a hiker questions will be featured so you can you can uh email dlo at the trail show.com for uh, invoice procedures and uh um, and discounts yeah and discounts and yeah. and if you have any questions about the legal ramifications of such a thing you can email legal at the trail show.com okay triple o please continue um well, before we continue, just so you know, you too can be like Death, Mar- Death March Bob and call in. Our number is... Call the Trisha, call the Trisha, search his 
720-893-2269. There it is. 720-893-2269. By the way, we need to thank Pat Axel Dixon for that lovely jingle that we played. Oh, uh, yeah. That's much better when, uh, when Triple O was saying that, actually. I'm I, sorry, guy, but... I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. No, the, the, truth, the truth is the truth. Yeah. Triple O, I mean, you did a good job, but it's it's nice to have something a little more professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. that's the next level. All right, back to Death March, Bob's call. There's probably a lot of people that want to send you guys beer. I know I've got a lot of great things I want to get in front of you guys, want you to try, but how does one send beer through the mail? Last time I tried to do this, I, I think I ended up with like a skunk. Ooh, why would you ask you that? You know, Bob? six pack at a buddy's <laughs> house. I had a bottle of wine in there too, and like it got smashed. So like I ended up with soggy, a soggy, like, you know, package with like, you know, skunk beer. So. How do, how do we go about shipping you guys beer? Is there like a, a process? No. Yeah. Okay. So I, we need to tread lightly with the answer to this question. Um, yeah. No, trail one, show legal, no one just has ever just, shipped us beer. It's exactly. It's arrived by llama or horse pack. Uh, Even drones, no? Drones, drones. yeah. We've had, drones. We have had like last it's month's hand beer delivered. hand delivered. Yeah. Via coordinated ants. Coordinated. Um, yeah. And I would submit Interstate handoffs. You can by no means ship alcohol through the United States postal system, okay? In, they it, certainly will tell you that it, that is illegal. That is illegal. Um, we have heard that UPS and FedEx allow it. If you have a, a distri- distribution license of some kind to, to send alcohol, and that's really all we all we can really say on such matters. So, I, I would say, you know, um, if, you're, if you are ever shipping anything glass through the uh, anything any service um lots of padding mm. seems to work real well yeah uh, bubble wrap um multiple layers of that uh padding on the bottoms and sides of the boxes helps as well i i, I unpacked bags. one particular box that arrived in a manner i don't recall um and it, had, it actually had non-alcoholic beer in it right so uh, it was it I, was there was no alcohol right i mean so somehow that i came in possession of a box uh, yep. And I had to unpack it, and, and there were lots and lots of uh, like little bubble wraps, bubble wraps for each individual thing. Yeah, and I have to say, it was it was all intact. Yeah, but all right. that's all we can say. That's really it. Yeah. Trail yeah. etiquette. Trail etiquette. Um, when you're out on the on the trail and you're hiking, and this happens a lot in like urban environments when there's like a mountain nearby or something like that. I'm always passing people that are are blasting music on like a Bluetooth speaker oh. or something like that. Yeah, worse. Um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on whether that was, you know, like a trail infraction or something. That depends um, on the music. Is it, is it, is it, is it <laughs> no trace infraction. Um, and then the last. Okay, I actually wanted to ask the hater about this, and I was thinking about this exact topic while we were talking to the hater. Just had to show Peter. So I, I feel like, um, God, I f- I'm going to sound like an old fart talking about this, but I feel like there used to be, back when I was a kid, there used to there there was sort of like a level of respect and decorum in the wilderness that involved like not invading on someone else's space, whether that be physically or you know by things like playing bluetooth music or playing music out of your bluetooth speaker as you hike along a trail on a national forest or in a wilderness area and i feel like whatever that decorum used to be is gone because i encounter that 
very frequently. I won't say every time, but I'd, I'd say every other time, two, one out of three times, something like that. And it's gotten to be so common that I kind of kind of just ignore it. But I feel like personally for me, I feel like it's a no-no. Like it's something that I don't do. Um, if I And I do listen to things while I'm hiking, but I have headphones in. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, if, if you're a Bluetooth speaker person, one of the best things that you could possibly do for your public lands is stop using your Bluetooth speaker while you're hiking along the trail. Well, you know, they say there's two types of people in the world. Those who listen to music with a Bluetooth speaker while they're on the trail and those who plot their murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, that, I'll tell you, we used to hear a lot about this when we were working with Leave No Trace. People hate it i think one of the only yeah. things that gets people more riled up is uh is rock stacking actually um yeah but yeah um you know some people like their music and i get it but um i like my music you know but yeah. one of the one of the principles of, of leave no trace is you know to uh to leave it as you found it yeah so if you found it quiet while you're walking through it with your speaker, you're sure not leaving it as you found it, you know? It's and another true. one is to be considerate of other visitors. And if you're playing your music loud, you're not being considerate of all the other people who, yeah. if they wanted music, probably would have brought some. Or maybe they've got their headphones on and are listening to their own anyway. And, you know, another one of the principles of Leave No Trace is to, uh, um, you know, uh, be respectful of wildlife. And if you're out in, in the woods and you're bringing all of your noise with you, you're disrupting their natural habitat. Definitely not respectful of wildlife. So for me, like all around, it's pretty like no leave, no trace to, uh, yeah. or less than leave, no trace to, uh, yeah, be playing your music like that for everybody to hear. Yeah. So here's the one solution I thought of. I haven't implemented this yet, but um, is to get some really super cheap headphones, like the kind of hand out on airplanes that are like, <laughs> oh, they're like a dollar. a dollar. And <laughs> when they walk by, <laughs> you just hand them the headphones. And just keep on walking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't even, I, I don't even say, say anything. anything. Just hand them the headphones. Just be like, oh, that's, that'd be an interesting <laughs> you, experiment. You know, yeah. another one that might be fun is... You, you uh, may be hit in the face, but sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I wonder if you could uh, just connect your own phone to their speaker and then just like uh, <laughs> pl play some pre-recorded thing. Like, you're an... You're, people who play music on the, on the trail on their Bluetooth are the bane of all existence. Or, yeah. Or like you know closing time or something i don't know turn off that bluetooth speaker immediately <laughs> only people that hate themselves listen to music on bluetooth speakers while they're hiking on the trail in a wilderness area or on public lands that's you i'm talking to you you need to turn off that Bluetooth speaker right now. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna, wow, we're going to have some wow. editing. What? Whoa. I can't believe God would use we're that gonna kind of language. We're going to get an FCC All right. fine. All right, Desmarge has one more question, I believe. Okay. Oh, man. My question is for D'Lo. Uh, D'Lo, I, I, you know, I'm, as I, He's not my here. previous letter, I'm, I recently moved to Charlotte. I love my house. We live in a great area. I love my neighbors. Um, but the house behind me uh, is like 50 feet from us. And... At night, you know, when we're eating dinner at our dinner table and, like, they're eating dinner at their dinner table, we can see them, and they can see us. I mean, it, it's even gotten so awkward at times where we'll finally just have to, like, wave at them, and they'll wave back, and it's just not its not cool. I want—I need more privacy. So I'm looking for a shrub or a tree suggestion, fast-growing, 
southeast acidic soil. I'm, I'm looking for some suggestions. You know what? I've got an alternative suggestion for him. Yeah. So instead of shrubs, uh, what I propose he do is um, take a photograph of the of the dining room area from outside of the uh, the house. Print that photograph at the size of the window in two-way mirror kind of uh, material and then mount it on the inside of, of the window. <laughs> then they, they have their like one-way mirror mm-hmm. out and they can see whatever they want, but their neighbors can't, can't see in. I, I'd actually like to take a serious stab at the... <laughs> 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 at, at, as, as someone who grew up and got a forestry degree in the southeastern U.S. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize we were going to be serious. Expert um, opinions I, I can actually speak to it. I'm actually going to steer Bob to a coniferous tree because <laughs> if, if I recommend a deciduous tree, the leaves will drop in the fall and then I'll have right, to look yep. at the neighbors all winter and that's no good. So he mentioned acidic soils. He mentioned the southeast. I'm going to mention a tree called the loblolly pine. It's the about the fastest growing pine that you can get. I'm sorry, could you say that one again? Loblolly pine. The loblolly? Loblolly pine. Loblolly pine. Yes. Loblolly. It grows Hashtag e- loblolly pine. It grows extremely fast. It has needles year round. It'll provide that that screening, that privacy that he wants, and it grows fast. Go buy some loblolly pines, Death March Bob. Also fun to say. And in Death March Dila's more into landscaping at a low, like, you know, paths, yeah, garden beds. So th- the next question needs to really be more about that kind of yeah, excavation. The aesthetic. Activity. Yeah, maybe ask him about, like, how to properly, like, uh, lay down bedding material before you put your flagstone down or s- something like that. <laughs> All right. Any is that it from Death March Bob? That's it for Death March Bob. Apparently he he drove all the way down eighty five. You know what? I've <laughs> done that. Drive. I've done that drive from Charlotte to Atlanta a million times and beyond. I've gone from good lord eighty five is uh that that interstate actually goes through my hometown of Gaffney, South Carolina. Gaffney. And, Gaffney. and when you drive through Gaffney on eighty five, you will see the Peachoid off to your right. Can, Congratulations! And you, and you go, go visit the fake grave. You go visit the fake grave of our former president Frank Underwood. He's in the knock knock. He's in the cemetery in Gaffney over near Limestone College. Okay, we need to move over to Trail of the Month. I don't know. I, yeah, let, what let me hit the man? tubes first. Jeez, All right, we've got Moon Kid in studio this month to talk about. His hey, hike, uh, yeah. And and I want to mention in January of 2018, we kind of talked about walking across the Americas with a different hiker named Fidget. Uh-huh. Um, and and we'll hear from Fidget later today. But today we've got Moon Kid in the house, and he's he's doing they're do, they're not necessarily doing the same routes. No, but they are hiking through the same continents. Yeah, we we can say that. I think I think we share a lot of in common actually. Did you have you all hiked any of the same stretches of? Absolutely, absolutely. Because even if we don't do it the same way, we we have a lot in common because we we well first we try to to go as much as possible through like natural trails, you know. Yeah. um, in uh, I mean, it's not like in North, in North America, in South America, in Latin America, you you don't have plenty of choices all the time. So yeah, we we've shared um, a lot of uh, like common itinerary. Mm. Uh, 
um, maybe not at the same time, not in the same conditions, but we have the same purpose to get early into the wilderness, into the remote countryside to meet the people and to, of course, discover all those incredible environments that, I mean, um, people don't know about in, yeah, it's also about making people discover those places and uh, at the same time, yeah, making them aware of uh, of the production of the preservation of those places, places of course. Sure. So t tell us, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Like, um, sure. So you started in at the bottom of South America in April of Se uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah. So you've been hiking for a long time now. Yeah, close <laughs> to 23 months. Okay. Close to two years, actually. And how did you get the idea for doing this hike? I mean, you and I, I should tell Trailshare yeah. Nation, like, yeah. POD and I met Moon Kid on the Te Aurora in New Zealand. And we hiked with him for a while. And um, that's funny because we hiked at the right beginning. Yeah. You, you, you were like the first actual hikers that have met on my way oh, in New Zealand. okay, okay. And uh, at the very end. So, yeah. 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 That was cool. And actually, yeah, I got already the the IDR, at least I would say the envy to, to do something bigger on that trail, on the Tiara. That was already a, a revelation for me. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about through hiking, long distance hiking, you know, I've... I had never heard about it, even the, the, the Appalachian Trail. And um, yeah, when I was getting closer and closer to the end, and I was just thinking, well, I don't want to stop, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's too soon, too early. So I, I, I was looking for, I, I mean, like plenty of people for, yeah, to, to keep going on other trails. And, uh, but immediately I, I thought about doing something bigger, because the point is not not to 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 set a record or something like this, but the point is that with a big expedition with a big hike, you can yeah you can draw some attention on what you do, and you can make yeah I mean the the point of this trip is also to to make the people aware of uh, preservation of the environment and to try to show some different cultures and so it's not it's not about me but that's a good way to to do some other stuff with your hike and um yeah i, I thought about something being at, at the being because of that but you mm -hmm. know that wasn't an, an an immediate idea like yeah it didn't pop up like this that was a long maturation can you real quickly so that people get a better idea of, of what it is you've done so far can you List off the countries you've walked through from uh, start to the United States. Yeah, the countries maybe not the most important thing, but yeah, sure. So from the southern tip of South America, it's Argentina, and um, actually, yeah, I hiked up along the, the the Andes. So sometimes I was in Chile on the on, yeah. more on the west. Sometimes in Argentina on the okay. east part of the Andes. And those are long, skinny countries, right? For the geographically yeah. paired Chile in particular. Chile, yeah, the length of Chile is the same than as uh, the USA, but width, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's very long. And from there to Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, plenty of small countries next in Central America. So it makes, it makes uh, Panama, Panama, Costa Rica, uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala and uh, to Mexico and the USA. So 14 countries so far. 
Yeah, that's... Uh, and you've only got one more to go. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> but, I mean, so yeah. 15, uh, 15 it doesn't mean countries. much, you so, know? So when you it get to Canada, much. are you going to yo-yo and just turn around? <laughs> <laughs> you walk back? Yeah, I have to, yeah. I don't know. I I'm, I, uh, I was planning to do Canada during the winter time. And actually, I mean, in North America, you have so many opportunities to go on so many interesting trails. So... Um, my plan is to keep going from CDT onto the the Great Divide Trail, of course. First and uh, next on the Great Trail. How do you call that? Yeah, Great Trail. Uh, the Trans Canada Trail. Trans Canada. Yeah, I call that Great Trail. I don't know why. And so that last part would be feasible even in winter because it's flat. So even if you have some snow, you just need the right equipment and the right funds, of course. But the the GDT, yeah, is something else. So I will see. Yeah. I'm, I mean. Yeah, that's that's uh, above I, my a skill little, level. A little more difficult <laughs> in the winter, I would say. A little bit. Yeah. No, but that's feasible. And you know, even if I stop, I I mean, I'm not I'm not running after a record or something sure. something like this. And that's why I feel very free too. And um, yeah, that's that's the point. I'm not sick about going as fast as possible. Uh, so, and, and you're only 23. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've often wondered like. There's some people that have done the triple crown as not, they're not even teenagers. They're so young. They, and I always wonder like, okay, you're, you're 12 years old. You just finished the triple crown. Like, what do you do now? Like, you, yeah, right. You know, and I'm one, and, and so my question, <laughs> my, yeah, right. <laughs> Middle school, high learn school. How to, yeah. Learn how to talk to people. Learn how to drive. <laughs> um, so my question to you, Moon Kid, is like, how many miles total once you finish for this hike? Uh, that's a good question. Or how many kilometers? Yeah, kilometers, please. No, <laughs> we we I, have some Wi-Fi here. I've got my it. conversion app. How At many? Twenty-seven kilometers, if I can do it. Twenty-seven. Wow, that's short. Man. I think I think twenty-seven. I can do that today. Twenty-seven thousand. Oh, sorry. A little different there. Twenty-seven thousand kilometers. That that's. Uh, I think it's about 18. It, no. It's almost 17,000 17, miles. Okay. That's wild, man. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here because like, um, I consider what, what you are doing and like what fidget and neon yeah. are doing. Uh, there's also a guy I follow, Paul Solopec, national geographic fellow who's been walking for seven years out of Africa, tracing oh. the migration of the humans wow. out of Africa. Yeah. World walkers. I find to be just fascinating i i fantasize about like walking around the world and doing what you guys are doing i have to say like i have huge amounts of respect for for y'all it's a way different beast i think to to like what we think of as hiking you know to to go out and and not not say like oh i'm gonna go pick this trail and follow the blazes or follow the the signs or this nice guidebook or anything, but to go like, Oh, I'm going to go walk across like half the freaking world. <laughs> and Oh, there's no guidebook for that. And yeah, there's no, there's nothing to like, like you, you I, I, I think it's honestly one of the most amazing modern day ways that you can have, uh, just a true personal yeah. adventure. Uh, and I think it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And so how, oh, how you, do but... you pick a route when there's no guidebook? How do you, <clears throat> how do you pick where you're going? 
Well, I don't know. We have plenty of tools for that. You know, with with just with our, our phone, we, we have plenty of applications like GPS applications. Mm -hmm. Of course, before leaving, uh, I try to, to prepare a very kind of an accurate route. And I think it's important to say that you can... Um, you can have some improvisation on the way, sure. But you will feel you will free much freer, freer. How do you say that? Yeah, more yeah. free. Yeah. If you have already an accurate plan, you know, beforehand, and on the ground, on the on the on the field, you can you can take some options. And uh, so it's important to to prepare what you're doing. And it, of course, we are talking about huge distances. We are talking about a lot of countries, and the numbers are very impressive. But, you know, just step by step, really. So the, the way you prepare your hike just next to your house, it's the same way you're going to prepare your hike through, through continents or whatever, you know? It's just step by step. Sure. I, I have a question about um, your, your conception of home. You know, I, I obviously, I've, I've lived in a few different places, and, and for me, like, the trail, in a vague sense, is also kind of my home mm -hmm. you've been walking for so long now um but again through so many different places you know what wh what do you feel is home i mean is home yeah. still the place you grew up is home like a a much broader vague thing is it just your sleeping bag like what what do you what's home to you right now yeah that's that's an interesting question because for me home is already home like where i grew up you in know in france and uh yeah. it, it has never changed in my mind and some people are right with, like you know, they have a nomadic style life lifestyle, and it's, it's it's all right. But for me, that that's not feasible. I, I think I would, I would turn mad if uh, if I I am not place where I feel home, and where I feel I could come back once I'm done. And uh, yeah, so it's important for me to have some um, some uh, roots somewhere, you know, to be able to to go around the world because I I feel I feel better. I feel more self confident. And um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's an expedition, but once I will be done, I, I, I will definitely come back home. And uh, it's not like a, a nomadic lifestyle for forever. And, and so going back to kind of what I was getting back earlier. So after you finish walking 17,000 miles, where do you go <laughs> from there? Like, I do, don't know. Do you, you don't know. OK. I, I, I mean, I. I um have a lot of time to think about, but the only thing thing that is really important for me is to keep like uh, going forward, to keep learning about people, about the 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 world, the beautiful world we live in. And for example, if I have absolutely no opportunity, or if I feel it's better that way, I would be happy to to get back to school, you know, yeah, to to study something. But um, if I have some other opportunities, I, I mean, I'm very happy with the with surprising life. I, I don't know, I don't know what will happen next turn, so we'll see. I'm kind of curious when you first talked to your family about the American hike. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd like to just kind of know maybe what their reactions were, like your parents and your your brother and sister, and maybe some friends. Like, d did they think you were crazy, or did you have a few people that were like, "Oh, this is fantastic! Mm -hmm. You should do this." And then were there other people that were like, "You should not do this. This is horrible. You're going to ruin your life." Like, yeah, that that's very related to the question of special actually. Sure. Because home for me is not only a place; it's also some people, and um, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 very lucky because my my parents 
trust us, me and my siblings, but absolutely, you know. And um, yeah, I know that for some other people, it would have been much harder than it was for me. And so, yeah, I feel very lucky with that. I mean, they they were very sad when I, I, I told them what I was, what I was uh, ready to do. But at the same time, you know, I... I'm I'm not completely self confident. I I try to to stay humble, and uh, yeah, it's very important to say that it's just an attempt. You know, if I, I cannot do that, it's not it doesn't matter. So that's also the way I uh, I um, introduce my project to my parents, to my siblings, and um, so yeah, that's I mean, yeah, they they know I'm responsible in the outdoors. I, I don't take too many risks, and um, yeah, they trust us from the yeah. beginning that's awesome along those same lines for the three of us in the room we've done some two to three thousand mile hikes mm -hmm. and you know i feel like um when i've talked to people about going on a 2600 mile hike i get a lot of the standard questions of like how how will you pay for that mm -hmm. um yeah. I, what, don't you have a job? What um, about how, pairs? Can, how can you get the time off? Yeah. And I kind of feel like in a small way through hiking is sort of a rebellious thing in that you're saying like, no, I don't, I'm not going to be part of the hamster wheel for the next five months. And I'm not going to go to a job from nine to five for the next, you know, however many weeks. And I'm going to go do this thing for myself. And when I think about that in, in terms of like a five month hike, that's 2,600 miles, that's one thing. But, yeah. But for you, mm -hmm. absolutely, you, yeah. you, you've said, okay, I'm leaving for two and a half years to go on a 17,000 mile hike. And that's a very kind of rebellious thing. Okay. Because basically what you're saying is that society wants me, expects me to do this normal thing of getting a job, um, out of high school, maybe going to college, getting a job. And you've chosen a completely different, uh, way of living. So I'm just kind of curious how you had the um, the gusto to make such a decision mm. and, and and how you're okay with it. And uh, have you had to like defend that decision to, to your friends and, and or I, to other folks? Yeah, I think it's important to say that um, for us in our cultural environment, that's the kind of rebellious thing. Yeah. But, you know, for example, they um, that's funny because they, there was like a small documentary video on Facebook about what I'm doing. And um, that was originally in French. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people were thinking the same way than you. You know, like, uh, it's very rebellious, it's very courageous, and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. no? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, tr that's true in a certain way, you know? Okay. But what is funny, that video was actually translated in Spanish and got to Latin America. And people were saying, that's the kind of thing that we would never do. That's the kind of thing that rich people of Europe and the, of the USA hmm. do. You know, that was much more aggressive. And wow. I, I kind of agree with them because actually I feel very, very lucky mm -hmm. to be able to do that. So if I have that luck, why why I, I wouldn't take that, that opportunity to, to go discovering the world and to try to... Yeah, it's also a way, of course, particularly for young people who follow that journey to to try to to find some motivation not about hiking not about you know traveling but yeah. in their own project and even latin america i mean even if those people most of the time don't have our our opportunities you know don't have so much money right it's a they're in survival mode 
Uh, it, it already depends, actually. But yeah, yeah. plenty of people in poorest sure. country. Yeah, sure. So I, I feel it's more luck, actually, than, than a rebellious at attitude. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm so happy to be to be there and that's why maybe some people feel that I'm I'm very determined, very courageous. I, but I, I don't feel it that way. I, I think it's a fantastic answer. You know, um I, I think that that hiking, long distance hiking is absolutely a privileged activity. Yeah, exactly. For sure. There's no way that you're gonna be able to start out a trail without I mean, and, and I'm not saying that only people with money can do it. There's plenty of people out, out oh, yeah. there that scrape together the money and they eat out of hiker boxes and they use the crappiest, cheapest gear they can get and they do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it, there's certainly a, 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 a privilege to being able to, to go like peace. I'm out for six months. Right. You know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's, but you know, the idea of, of being, yeah, just able to 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 be out there is lucky. Just to be out there, it's lucky. But mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of of struggle and planning that goes into it because Absolutely. typically sure. you it's have to easy. save. You, you have to put your nose to the grindstone, sure. work jobs you might not want to, save up that money with the sole intention of being able to leave. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I, if if you already want to make the things clear, I I, I don't get my money from my parents and. They are both teachers, you know, I've, I've worked hard and I still try to, to earn some money on the way with sponsorings and it's not easy at all. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, a lot of people would, would feel that the way I, I tell that is also a way to say, well, if you don't have the opportunity, if you don't have the, the chance who falls directly from, from the heaven, you know, you, you're not <laughs> yeah. going to do anything. But right. yeah, you have to struggle a little bit and you have to, to take while you have to do something. And um, yeah, depends on what you have for sure. But uh, yeah, sure, go out there and do something. I <laughs> I, I also uh, really like that you you continue to call what you're doing your attempt um, because uh, that's such a, a a great framework I think for for me to to view these types of endeavors is you know I think when we're out on the distance trails we usually call ourselves through hikers but right. but really you're only a through hiker for like an instant right like yeah. the, mm -hmm. like at the moment you like tag that monument or the end of the trail or whatever that that's the moment that you're a through hiker yeah the rest of the time yeah we're just all trying we're just <laughs> out there like doing, yeah, our, doing our best on our project to try to try to make it on, work actually. yeah yeah, yeah. it's interesting i was talking to moon kid uh, a couple of days ago you know, how many people have done what you and Fidget Neon are doing? And I think... Um, I think the answer is five. Five people. And and so those five people, what the, it's been South America and North America. And we've got Triple O in the room here who's mm -hmm. walked from the top of, of Europe to essentially <laughs> the start of Africa. <laughs> I'm yeah. curious, yeah. Has, has anyone ever done that walk from the top of Europe to the bottom of Africa? I don't know if anybody's know. done a walk. There's a documentary with uh, Ewan McGregor, actually. They okay. did the long um, way around and then the long way down on uh, on motorcycles. 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 And yeah. bi bicycles, like you were saying, is pretty yeah, common. Yeah, there is plenty of people doing that. But I'm, I mean, uh, there is plenty of people out there, you know, on, on foot, on bike, on uh, anything. But even on, uh, how do you say that, like on scooter? Yeah. You know? I, I met some people in Patagonia in uh, that was very, very windy. And uh, they were on a scooter, and they, they were trying to get to Sway. And that that looked, that looked tough, at the, actually. But you know, there is plenty of crazy people, and um, I think it doesn't <laughs> make a lot of sense to try to be the first one to do something yeah. because you don't know. But 
I mean, we are all connected, but I feel at the same time it's, it's very nice if there is somebody doing some incredible stuff out there and you is not on Instagram or whatever. So sure. I want to keep that dream alive and uh, yeah. If your goal is to be the first, I mean, doesn't just, make any that's sense. That's a weird. Right? I don't know. For me, that's not that's not like a a sustainable goal for, no, uh-uh. for when you're out for that long. Like you need to be enjoying it and like yeah. Yep. Like it needs to be like an everyday joy out of this thing, not yeah. Or oh, you know, I'm an everyday joy I'm the of first the misery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who cares? I mean, really, who cares? I, I don't know. But I, I I totally agree, man. You know, the the 14ers through hike was pretty novel, um, and if if the only motivation for me to have done it was oh I get to see him first, there's no way I would have been able to finish it. I don't care that no, that much to be able to go like get up every day and do the hard stuff. But if you enjoy getting up every day and going, doing the hard stuff because the views on top are amazing. And when you get to the top and you can finally like breathe again and the pulse stops in your neck and your eyes and you see the world and it, it's just alive with light. Like then that's like a good motivation to go. But first, yeah, yeah, probably not a good one. Yeah. I I I can't imagine like some of the things that you've seen. I mean, you share some of your journey with us uh, through through the the media's, but um, I mean, like the, the the memories you must have in your in your mind of all, yeah, the, all the crazy things. It's it's only uh, mine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's I can I can tell special. you a little bit tonight, but not much. <laughs> yeah, and like, that's that's got to be a huge a, a bigger motivation th- than being first. Or, or second or third could ever be, sure. you know, right? I've got a question real quick. Some of the mm-hmm. audio clips that you sent us, it was very obvious there was traffic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> really we close. Were for your life. <laughs> uh, have Have you been close to being hit by a vehicle? Yeah, actually, I, I got hit by a truck once. You did. It was driving very slow, but. Uh, Huh. Yeah, and um, define very slow. Yeah, what what does that mean? What <laughs> he's, happened? He's still uh, here in one piece. I think. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the definition. There. Yeah, I, I actually, that that was not an actual road. You, you know, that was dirt road in in the in the Peruvian mountains at night. And um, you know, those guys they were working outside to to take some I don't know some wool from from the sheep. Sorry, I don't remember exactly. Uh, okay. And there were like um, I don't know a caravan of trucks driving on that r- dirt road and uh one of them didn't didn't see me and had you know that was kind of narrow actually for for a truck so he just uh actually he didn't touch me but he he hit my uh, my walking pole which was probably a little bit on a side yeah, you know sure and uh that was like thrown into my face <laughs> and I, I I got knocked out and I fell. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I needed like five minutes. To, wow! To come back. Did, did the guy stop? No. No. No, they didn't stop. Wow. He probably didn't even know he hit him in the night. Maybe. Whoa. So it just it just Man. whacked your pole right up into your face. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Damn. that's what happened. And I was very lucky, but yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Oof. But otherwise, actually, on the big roads, um, I, I've done Central America on the road, basically. I was trying to get some smaller ways I- I- every time I could, but um, yeah, most of the time the road. And yeah, that that was all right, because uh, everybody, like even me, was paying more attention to... Yeah. I mean, that's an, on, the, on, the, on the actual road, so... How has the hike changed now that you're on a 
long distance trail in the United mm-hmm. States as compared to, oh uh, yeah, you know, pretty much everything before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's I, I have to say yeah, that's incredible to be here because I feel normal. You know, <laughs> yeah. there are some other people hiking yeah. out there, and um, sometimes you know in Latin America that was. Sometimes I, I was in some places where people were used to meet some uh, other travelers, particularly on bike. And um, so I, I could explain them what I was doing by comparing myself to those uh, travelers. But, you know, sometimes that was quite hard because people would not understand what I was doing here, particularly in Central America, because I had such a small backpack, like six liters and so um, yeah that's small <laughs> and so even the sometimes i met some cyclists and usually in, in south america when i had a big backpack they, they would stop to to say hello you know to share some stories and everything and uh they've never done that anymore like in central america because they would just think that i was out i don't know for one hour just to have a run yeah and uh so same for the local people and that's why i'm very happy to be here because yeah, the, all the um, relations, all the talks with people are easier. Just everything is easier. When people would ask you what you were doing in Central and South America, sometimes would you just say, oh, I'm just out for the day? Because <laughs> you didn't want to like tell them the whole story? Uh, f- <laughs> no. I, I, you would tell them. You would talk to them. Yeah, because, okay. yeah. And uh, you're a better man than me. <laughs> I tell him I'm a day hiker. Well, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the point of your of your right. trip in some ways, though, right? It's not just yeah, the walking; exactly. it's also the the backdrop of the people and the culture, and you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the same time, for example, that's uh, what I was saying to to Disco. But here, I I try not to talk too much about what I'm doing when I meet some other hikers, because people are going to yeah to ask a lot of questions they get very interested but you know people in uh, latin america that's different even if you you tell them very quickly what you're doing to try to explain what you're doing here and there in you know in their country they're not going to get so interested because they just don't understand what you're doing you know it it yeah. doesn't mean anything i don't know some people you know they they couldn't even spot uh, where they are on the on the map Hmm. So they don't care you're coming from Argentina oh, yeah, or from sure. one mile away. And um, so I would I would say the truth, yeah, in Latin America, but most of the time it's not a big deal. And uh, I the point is very to have a, a talk with people. That's what is important for me. And I feel that in, in the USA, on the CDT, that's actually an obstacle to have a talk with people to say that I'm doing that. So I don't say that anymore. But in Latin so, America, so you're, that, you're yeah. kind of like uh, trying to blend in a little bit more in 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 America then, or in uh, uh, the U- U.S. I, what do you mean blend in? Blend like, in like uh, become uh, not like noticeable. Like a CDT hiker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, anonymous. Just another CDT hiker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actually, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, like yeah. I I was in Latin America, like another crazy guy on the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Just a difference of scale. Uh, to to not stand out in a different way. Yeah. 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 Huh. Makes sense. Well, there is something nice about being part of that community. Like being a CDT hiker now, you feel. You yeah. yeah. Place. You're a part of this. Yeah, it's tribe. very relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because a lot of struggle actually 
yeah to to travel on your own all the time so i i like that you just described hiking the cdt as very relaxing <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we should point yeah. that out yeah um have you had any trouble crossing borders uh no no actually no but that's one of the things i feel lucky about okay no i have a french passport so it doesn't make any ah. any did you have any trouble crossing into the united states no no problem i, I had to wait a little bit but like yeah. to to get some some stamp or whatever yeah i think yeah you have to feel you cross the the american border just <laughs> to feel that right but um and, and i should point out you crossed at el paso so how did you mm -hmm. get from el paso to the start of the cdt uh walking well of course <laughs> yeah. of course but like were you walking on a highway or, or what um no there is a road um from el paso that goes west Okay. And uh, so the, there is most of the time on that road, there is a kind of small dirt road along that, that uh, paved road. But oh, that was yeah. very tough because, you know, it's New Mexico, it's a desertic part, and there is absolutely no water. It's not like on from the start of a city, you have some water catches, or it's mm. organized even if, even with get to cap, for example, you know where you're going to find some water. So that was tough for that, but only like three, four days. So, so wait a minute, you, there was three days with no water. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> actually. But what I, did you, what <laughs> did you do? What did you, did you I, get a cart like our friend? Got a hold of water bottle no, upside I, down on the road. Yeah. Wait for uh, a car. Yeah, I exactly. I, I was asking some water all the time to wow. the cars and that was great. Cause and, I and, could and they gave yeah. you water. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I made like yeah, close to the whole distance only with the the water drivers would would give me. Wow! It, and I think during that same section, you also didn't have a working shelter, right? Like your yeah. tent, your tent was broken. Yeah, so you, but it's not a big deal. Yeah, just <laughs> camp cover camping. I mean, he walked here from South America. Yeah. So, I mean, what's you know, a tent? You know, what's a few days with no water and no yeah. tent? That's big. Whatever. That's just you know a couple of days on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And so I'm I'm curious. So like when you encountered that first trail angel on the CDT, mm -hmm. were you kind of shocked? Like what they want to help me because I'm a hiker? Like what is uh, this? Yeah, yeah. I, I I had heard about that, so I okay. knew. But yeah, that was even even on the road, just on the road, asking water to, to the drivers. That was actually my first impression of the USA. And yeah. yeah, I was quite surprised to be so successful. So wait, had you ever, had you traveled to the US before no. you, you walked this here? This is your first time in the United States. Sure. <laughs> That's my first time everywhere. Uh, this is fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So you walked into the US? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I, when I started, you know, we we were already in contact, of course, yeah. with POD and Disco, and uh, I, I couldn't even imagine to to get one day here in uh, yeah. in Colorado. That's yeah, one step at a time, right? Yeah, and I, I feel that the guy who started like close to two years ago was just another person. It's not me anymore. Sure. And um, yeah, to to feel all this way behind me, that's yeah, that's kind of weird. That's. That's very impressive even to me, but I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel somebody else who made that. Wow. Yeah. I imagine you've learned quite a few things in the last two years, you know? I mean, you probably learned about 
20 years worth worth of things in the last uh, two years yeah. of walking, right? Yeah, I don't know. It depends what you do with your life. It, sure. But it'll probably take you three times as long to process it all and unpack it in your own brain, too. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of what you've learned, uh, where do you find the best food so far? Uh, no, I don't want to answer that kind of question. The best, no. Fr Fr <laughs> France makes the best crepes. That's all exactly. you need. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, the best food is right now tonight with you and, uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, I want, I want you have to to get out there to to try the food <laughs> everywhere and to bring an answer back but i'm not able to it's, do so and do not ask him where the best ice cream is that is no nah. no no I, mean, I would guess the best steak is in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mexico i'm sure has some good food uh, i just want trail show nation to know that disco has been hosting moon kid for the last couple of days and when yeah. we got here disco had moon kid cooking for oh, us oh here we go <laughs> moon kid actually cooked <laughs> up like a few things oh, man, he's been cooking yeah. like a fool the last couple of days we are, the trail, yeah trail show Same, tonight you know? is powered by crepes yeah. well i, I yeah. hadn't had crepes in 10 years until tuesday and this man, he just said he wanted to make crepes. And I was like, okay, let's have some crepes. And he. It's not hard to do. That's good. Uh, and then today he made a Spanish style tortilla, mm -hmm. which is uh, it's egg and potatoes and um, yeah, onion. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And cheese. Egg, yeah. If you have cheese. <laughs> and uh, it's delicious. I haven't had a Spanish style tortilla since I was in Spain. And. 2012 hiking the gr11 your second and, uh, favorite trail oh yeah yeah don't yeah yeah between new zealand and the gr11 man that's all i need that's all i need in my life but yeah this man has been cooking up a storm and i've been super thankful because i got swamped with having to paint an entire house monday tuesday and wednesday and it took me twice as long as it should have and <laughs> I'd come home at like eight o'clock, just beat down, and he, the man, had the cast iron yeah, skillet. Yeah, you know, I, I feel very thankful too because I've accessed your great kitchen, and I I can eat something else that try, you know, try food or yeah, or, you or, can eat yeah. French style food. Yeah, man. that's great for me. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was great for me too. <laughs> okay. It, it was great for me as well. Yeah. yeah. No complaints. We will I'm, come I'm back. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. I'm kind of hoping he makes some in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast crepes. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> what else would you like Trail Show Nation to know about the hike you're doing? I I don't know. I uh, I feel it's not really about the hike that I'm 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 doing. I feel it's about what you want to do. You know with with your own life. It's not because I'm 23 that I should be studying or whatever other people want me to do. So yeah, just listen to to your heart, even if it it sounds very you know. But um, yeah, and do whatever you you want. And it's not easy all the time, but you can be sure that once you will have the courage to to make the first step there there will be some people to help you on the way and uh, i'm not even talking about hiking or even yeah mm -hmm. everything everything tell folks where they can find you online yeah the american hike basically so on facebook instagram and youtube okay with one episode per month on youtube so yeah and we, we it takes a little bit of time with to 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 put the the english subtitles but sure you you have already like I don't know, 14 videos about yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, so 
Munkit, thank you so much for yeah, thank for you. being in thank studio you here tonight. You. Yeah, it's been a yeah. total and, uh, treat. And we've got a trail tip from you coming up in a little bit. So thank you know thanks in advance for that. <laughs> I think I think uh, no seriously, thank you so much for for guesting with us and and coming in and talking to Trail Show Nation and uh, and all the reports. Uh, yeah, seriously, yeah. And sending them all it's an, it's and, and keep them coming, man. You. Keep we want to hear yeah. how this thing plays sure, out. Sure, sure. Okay, we'll try. Okay. Um, so let's switch gears now and, uh, let's talk about, uh, I tell you what, I'm going to play a, you know, this might be a good time to play dispatch from fidget. Who's also doing something similar to moon kid, but a little bit different. Let's hear what she's up to at the moment. Yeah. Oh, Hey guys who are out this morning. So am I, I swear to you. I'm on the trail and I'm just passing by. I don't have much of a defense except that I am loud. And I have this can of bear spray from which I can blow an angry cloud. Hey there, <laughs> Trail Nation. This is Fidget. It's a cloudy, steamy pee kind of morning. Take two. This is Fidget coming to you from the CDT. Starting southbound from Glacier National Park, which because of all of the flip-flopping and the snow this year, has turned out to be kind of a really cool and super concentrated thru-hiker meet and greet. Because we're all getting assigned to the similar campsites, and because so many of those who are getting the permits first are working with the rangers and saying, yes, you can put other campers on my site, um, we're all getting to run into each other, which is, in my opinion, pretty cool, because if not, I would not have been able to be out here if it wasn't for, I don't have a trail name yet, Trey, who said, yes, go ahead and put someone on my permit. Um, two of the first things that Trey and I bonded over or a mutual adoration for Swami. I mean, who doesn't think he's the coolest? Yes. And the second is how neither of us ever listen to the trail show, which made me realize that yeah. what you guys are Makes doing is, is bringing us all together and making us like one great big trail family, which when I started through hiking was not, not really as accessible. So that's just super duper cool how you guys are connecting us all thank you so much for what you do and i hope more people call in to the hotline i don't know the number but it ends in 69 <laughs> that's so good your singing will scare the bears another one of the interesting things that i observed was after trey took off one morning he's an ultralighter and i was packing up and there's a group of engineers who are out for a four-day hike here in Glacier and they were talking about you know how can he get by with such little stuff and one lady was horrified that he doesn't carry baby wipes and he tried to explain the backcountry bidet to yes. them yes. much to their great skepticism um, but another one of the engineers in that group said well hey you know man it's it's hike your own hike I asked him how he'd learned that, and he said, Reddit. And I thought that was really cool. So not only do we have folks like you 
bringing us together as hikers but there are platforms out there giving our lifestyle a signal boost out into the greater world to the to the tired masses who also come seeking respite in nature in shorter stints um, or as their lives allow so it's just really cool to get back in touch with this world and to see the the movement that all of the these connections have generated over the last few years so whether you're out on the trail and helping out other hikers whether you're on the interwebs um, spreading the good word you know you're doing good stuff kudos to all of you and have a good one you guys wow i wasn't that was cool um, that was cool. I wasn't expecting accolades from Fidget, but uh-huh. we'll take them. And, and a serenade. And a serenade. <laughs> that was a, a quite enjoyable song there at the beginning. I'll have hey, to learn the lyrics. Billions of people never listen to the trail. <laughs> <laughs> billions. Can we do another trail show hotline call before we yeah, get a break? Yeah, we got, we got one coming in right now. Hello, I'd like the number five with morels. And you can, you can put that order under Fernando Hermosillo. Um, I will be expecting this in 30 minutes or else I will go to court and sue you. <laughs> well, there you go. Is that, <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Your hotline is ever right. I, I, I think that's our first uh, threat of legal action. That was oh, yeah. hotline. I yeah. happen to have inside information. That was Frito Rolltai Garcia's son that called. Oh, okay. That was Nando Garcia. legal. Yeah. We're going to have some work. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Can we hear from P.O.D. before we go to break? Yeah, we can hear from P.O.D. Oh, I heard she called in today. What's up, Trail Show? This is the Princess of Darkness checking in from the Idaho Centennial Trail in Wallace, Idaho. And let's see, hiked about 275 miles this go, and we have about 200 miles or so left to finish the trail. And it has been everything I had hoped for, really challenging, really steep, really overgrown, and also really, really, really magnificently beautiful. And um, I'm having a great time, loving every single day and all the little, little and big challenges. And I even have some nice contact dermatitis on my leg, so I'm kind of looking <laughs> like a a leper right now so that's kind of fun but uh, i'm excited looks like more and more ridge walking is ahead of us and great views and big skies and alpine lakes so um yeah i'm, I'm pretty stoked to be out here I'm pretty grateful that my summer allows for this i hope you guys are having a great show i know you're having a good time and um Sorry, I can't be there to hang out with you guys. I miss you guys a ton, and looking forward to seeing everybody in August. Have a great night. Drink one for me. There's a great brewery in Wallace, Idaho. We don't have wine. Wallace Brewing Company. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, P.O.D. seems to be doing well out there. Yeah. She seems to be. Actually, I've been getting... uh, you know, that did sound like an Idaho cell phone connection. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and her reception has been, to say it's even been spotty at best is being nice. Like, there's, it's been non-existent for most of the time she's been out there. Um, but we have communicated f- somewhat infrequently, and she's having a blast. 
Yeah. Nice. She's out there with the Punisher. Yeah, I've seen a, a <laughs> couple of photos um, that they, I guess, got yeah. during some bit of service. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, they were gorgeous. It yeah. looks yeah. fantastic. It's Idaho. There. It yeah. looks tough at the same time. Yeah. She's going to, yeah. We, she has a hard time, but it looks beautiful. Yeah. We got uh, a call, another call coming in here. Right now? Hi, this is Frito Rule Pie Garcia. And my son ordered number five with uh, Morales. <laughs> And uh, it's been like an hour or so, and you guys haven't delivered. So I'm wondering about the services over there. It's really, really crappy. So I'm thinking about uh, ending uh, services. Um, I'm going to need my credit card number back, and I'm never ordering from you guys again. Well, Another satisfied right. customer. <laughs> With that, let's go to break. We let's come back. It. We've got trips, we've got a trail tip for Moon Kid, and we're going to hear from Wolverine. Don't go anywhere. Hey, out of order. Sorry, I called, didn't call last month, but I was busy hiking. Um, greetings from Cascade Locks from the Ale House. Gonna have a couple of beers and then keep on hiking. Uh, yeah, not much to say. Big fan, big listener. Mm, keep up the good work. Mm. Uh, and happy birthday, Dilo. Bye-bye. See ya. Oh. <laughs> Was that someone from across the pond? No maybe? idea who that is. Okay. But they're having a good time. Thanks for your listenership, sir. Rock on. Do we have anything else we want to play? We got, wow, this is an update from a trail show regular. Okay. Who is out. What's up, trail show? This is Salty reporting from the Wild Blue Yonder. Salty. A.K.A. the Idaho-Montana border of the CDC. I meant to call earlier, but I couldn't remember the phone number. Anyhow, okay, I just now. want to say thanks. <laughs> After a recent 20-something mile road walk into Anaconda, much of which was on a busy highway, I now understand why the episodes are so long. I previously had no idea why anyone would listen to the trail show, but you guys really helped make those road miles less painful. <laughs> so far, the CDT is a ball, rainy and rugged, buggy and beautiful. The Idaho and Montana portion is a gem, and the people I've met are so incredibly kind. Oh, one more thing. Um, Sash and Triple O, I just want to let you guys know that if I find Cheetos or any other nonsense in any of my resupply boxes, I'm coming for you. Oh. That's three miles oh. per hour. On the other hand, welcome surprises in my boxes would include premium instant coffee, avocados, boxes of Mary's Gone Crackers, and any shelf-stable veggies. P.O.D., thanks for protecting the sanctity of my salty snacks. You will be rewarded with an abundance of coffee, dark chocolate, and cucumbers, 
in this lifetime and beyond. <laughs> All right. Over and out, my friend. By the way, episode responses, trip reports, empty threats. That's what this phone number is for, right? <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I think Salty must have heard that we were going to sneak <laughs> some things into her resupply box. Salty but you know, I don't think she mentioned me sneaking anything in there. So She mentioned you two by name. She yeah, said special she? and triple yeah. O. Yeah. Well, P.O.D., She's not here right now. She's on it's a true. mountain somewhere. And she's know. abandoned her post. Yeah. And, so. and, and Salty's boxes, boxes are, are right in the other room. Yep. yep. Hmm. We should definitely put some things in there. Cheetos, huh? Cheetos. She said she wanted Cheetos. I think she we should do Cheetos. Doritos, Snickers, and maybe like Lucky Charms. Oh, Lucky Charms. I feel like that's... Oh, really I, think, I think we, should just, I think yeah, we should just buy a bag of sugar. <laughs> like a whole five-pound bag of sugar and just stick it in there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a container of red dye number five as well. Yeah. Ooh. Salty's going to enjoy this episode. This is going to be a, a good <laughs> road walking episode. She's going it, to, it, it'll prompt yeah. nightmares about what's going to show up in her, uh, her resupply boxes. Yeah, who knows? Okay, Moon Kid, do you have a trail tip oh, yeah. for Trail Show Nation this month? But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to sound like an old bird already. But <laughs> okay, no, but I I think my my trail tip would be like don't listen to not the trail show but any music on the trail. Don't listen to any music on the yeah. trail. Yeah, why? I'm, I'm sorry about that, but um, yeah, because you know I don't know I I met a, a couple of uh, city hikers on my way in Colorado, and I was very surprised actually to see that all of them had like um. How do you call that? Headphones. Headphones, sure. Not not even on the on the listening some music, but you know, ready to go, ready to listen to some music. And uh, I I felt that was a little bit sad because you are here in the woods, and um, you know you listen to some music. It's sometimes yeah, it's, it's great because you you get bored or some podcast or whatever. But uh, when you are like this in in the wood, I I would prefer to just enjoy what surrounds you. It's not only about the vision, you know, of the woods. It's also the sound. It's also the the smell. It's everything all together, and uh, the music actually is is quite different um, to like uh, to a podcast or an audiobook because it, it doesn't only allow you to um, to escape from the your surroundings. It's it also changes like the the experimentation, the the sensation you have of sure. your surroundings. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel sometimes just try not to listen to much music. And you'll see actually when you will come back, when you will get to a town, if you really like music like me, uh, you will enjoy it even more, you know? And uh, yeah. I have a question. So what if, what if it's at the end of a very long, hot day and you have a 3,000 foot climb left to do? And you you need to listen to John Spencer Blues Explosions <laughs> Orange album to get up that hill. Yeah. Like what what if you need that little extra boost to I, I finish the day? That's when you get I out your Bluetooth you speaker. But <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, that's that's a good point because same uh, same as people who listen who like to listen to some music when they go running, for example. Right. I I don't do that usually because I prefer to listen to my body, you know, to my sensations mm. and not to push. Too hard. If you have to rest up, that's all right. You don't need to 
to find an extra boost or I don't know. What if you're old and you need an extra boost? <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Just drink Get your pace. That's it. <laughs> it is interesting because I, I sometimes will listen to music or podcasts or books. And, yeah, I, I um, do too, actually. I've not. But I do notice that like some sometimes it like locks that memory into my head with that particular song. Yeah. And so yeah. like later exactly, on when yeah. I hear that, it like takes me immediately back to like, oh, that was that moment on that mountain ridge or that was that moment on that bay that I was past. like it was is wild yeah. like how it can pull you back into that moment. Absolutely. And so it's clearly affecting how you're experiencing all that stuff in a pretty deep way. It's very know? addictive actually, I have yeah. to say, because oh, yeah. it's very it's very pleasant. We we have to say that. But uh, you know, I think it can also affect your your pace as well. Yeah. Um, I yeah, noticed that you know like yeah. I mean obviously we know if you're trying to go faster, you know, the more upbeat music or whatever. But if you've just got your your thing on shuffle or something like that like exactly, I, I, yeah. I have actually found before where I've listened to music where the yeah like the tempo or whatever varies yeah. between songs too much it kind of I don't know it's it's like this weird sensation yeah. that just doesn't it's it's not it's not cool man I can guarantee that if you listen to Firestarter by Prodigy you will hike faster <laughs> I I can guarantee that um and you will stop earlier <laughs> yeah maybe you'll be tired sooner yeah. because you're hiking four miles per hour instead of you know two what your pace is yeah right and then the sparks will fly off your shoes and then you'll really be a fire starter yeah yeah <laughs> it's interesting though like uh when i ran my first trail marathon i had a playlist on an ipod of all fast-paced music mm-hmm. and it was i kind of made it so that it that the tempo would caused me to push and caused me to to you know yeah particularly kind of like a high energy yeah sure list. sure but particularly on the long distance it doesn't make any sense you know you right. have to really to temper your your energy and to try to find a good balance sure so yeah yeah because hmm. you got to find that sustainable pace rather than exactly the accelerated thank pace. you for putting yeah. the right words on on my thinking on my yeah, thoughts totally <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about trips. Uh, let's try to keep it to one minute each. Who's been somewhere over the last month? I haven't really been anywhere what? Like, like distant, what? but I have been getting out on my new mountain bike a little bit. Hey, now. Wait a Which, minute, wait a minute. This isn't a mountain biking show. What are you talking about? I know about it's controversial, but <laughs> I did buy a mountain bike, and I have been riding what? it. Now, of course, I I only ride it in places that I'm supposed to, and and I'm still very new, and so like I've fallen and gotten a. I, it actually was a really sweet bruise. It, I went over the handlebars and oh, well, uh, at least it's a sweet bruise. Yeah, and, and I like raked the inside of my my thigh over the handlebars when I did that, and I had this awesome bruise for like a week and a half. It's pretty cool. Hmm. We can't. Talk. It's like skiing, Triple O. We can't talk about skiing or I, hey, I am not gonna. T- I was gonna talk about uh, what. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been taking a lot of hiking trips because it's been pretty hot in yeah. the last month. But I have been on a lot of rivers. I've been on the South Plate, Platte, whatever it is. Platte. Yep. I've been on the Saint Vrain. I've been on Boulder Creek. I've been on. The Wait Colorado. You, so you two are t- are talking about things that aren't hiking. Man, uh, it's I mean, trips, man. but it's look, trips. I have to hike from my car to the river. <laughs> oh, that, that's <laughs> and fine. The, and the that's boat okay. weighs at least 
you know, 30, okay. 40 pounds. Sometimes so I had to push the bike. Yeah, I feel like that counts. <laughs> huh. Paddling is just hiking with your hands. Okay. In a current. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I so I bagged for the first time ever. I bagged a lake twice. Wow! Oh, a repeat offender, are you? A repeat offender, but there was a, a stark contrast between the first time I bagged it. So I, I went up to um, South Crestone Lake, which is in the Sangre de Cristo range. Yeah. And last summer I went there, and it's a high alpine lake. It's at eleven thousand eight hundred feet. Last summer was very hot and dry, and it was very hot and dry early in the season. I got in that lake for five minutes and got out, and, you know, it was fine. So two Sundays ago, I hiked up to that lake. I got in, and 20 seconds in, I was starting to lose, you know, physical function of my body. (laughs) And I was like, alarm bells were going off. I I was gasping for air. That water must have been, Un you know, paro de cocoelado. one degree below or one degree above freezing. And at 45, at the 45 second mark, I literally ran out of that lake. And and I felt like, you know how if you, if you ford a really cold stream, your feet kind of feel like blocks. Yeah. That's right? like painful. Yeah. Actually. So my whole body felt like a block for the first <laughs> two wow. or three minutes after only being in the water for 45 seconds. And um, it was quite refreshing, but um, yeah, the water's a little colder this year because there's still a lot of snow up mm-hmm. in the high peaks that's draining right into these lakes, whereas last year, there was no snow. The water, yeah. water was a lot warmer. Lesson learned, not all lake bagging experiences are the same from year to year, even if it's the same lake. <laughs> Moon Kid, I would ask you what uh, what trip yeah. you've been doing, but I think we not we much know. to say about that. Yeah, he's been it's making some lot. trips from the refrigerator to the stove, making some crepes. making crepes. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, where are we gonna go from here? Oh, I've got a dispatch from Wolverine. I want to play. He's doing a, a hike in Ecuador. It's a little different. So let's see what he's up to. Hey, Trosho Nation. This is Wolverine from Detroit, Michigan, and I am on the Trans Ecuador Mountain Bike Route. The TEMBR, they call it T-E-M-B-R, Trans-Ecuador Mountain Bike Route. And this is a, um, a trail that runs the whole length of the country of Ecuador uh, from near the border with uh, Colombia to near the border with Peru. And it was mapped out by a bike packer named Cass Gilbert. Uh, I first heard about this trail from my friends Neon and Anamove, who are both hikers and bike packers. And they rode it last year, and I was just, you know, by the descriptions of the trail and the pictures, I was really inspired and wanted to try and do it on foot. So I reached out to um, Fidget from Her Odyssey, and she was great with pages and notes and just really good nuts and bolts information uh, about hiking in Ecuador. And uh, so with all my prep done, I flew from my home in Detroit to Quito, Ecuador, uh, the capital, and I spent a day... um, on a nearby organic farm. The Nahual uh, School and Farm is run by the Dahmer family and really cool place. Uh, uh, they Whoa. teach organic and sustainable wow. farming there and they let me hang there for a little bit and do some work for stay and, uh, and get the last few things I needed together uh, to do this trail. From there, I took a, a bus north to Talcan, Ecuador, uh, again, near the border with Colombia, and I'm hiking south. And so far, just stunning. I mean, really, really cool trail. It runs right down the center of the country, so it's called the Corridor of the Volcanoes. So it's uh, surrounded on both sides by these amazing uh, snow-capped uh, active stratovolcanoes, 
and the trail goes um, you know up into some pretty you know above 12,000 feet into the foothills of the Andes and then dips down into these cool little towns with really nice people so uh, so far I'm really enjoying it I'm only a week into it but uh, really enjoying it so um, I hope to finish um, by uh, September and then uh, I'll take a bus back to Quito and fly back to Detroit and uh, if you're curious I'll be glad to do some more trail updates from here in the meantime Wolverine out Wow, uh, Moon that sounds Kid. cool. Do you know what this yeah, trail? Sure, that's a very challenging one actually for bikepacking, but I think it will be easier hiking. Okay. But um, yeah, you have plenty of dirt roads, and it's, so it's good to not to stick all the time that trail, but to combine with other stuff. Particularly mm. in uh, in Ecuador, you have the part of the Capacnan, which is the big uh, Inca trail network. So um, you have some some very interesting path on that uh, on that stuff, and of course the the corridor of volcanoes in Ecuador is absolutely stunning. Hmm. Yeah, pretty neat. All right, Wolverine, we uh, want to yeah, hear. Do send more. Yeah, we want to hear yeah. next month what's going on. Got to keep us posted. I don't know anyone that's hiked that as a end in hike. So let Trail Show Nation know what you're doing. Should we go to another Trail Show Hotline call? Absolutely, we we can call the Trail Show. <laughs> I love that that little dude. Hey, Trail Show, it's Scouts Honor. How you doing? I am calling to let you know how much I appreciate all the congratulations you sent me, and uh, especially the uh, the Trail Show swag I got from POD just last night. Thank you so much. Uh, POD and I have been emailing, and one day I screwed up so bad I had to email her three times. <laughs> so I figured it was better to call this time so that wouldn't happen again. Uh, so thanks for that. Thanks for the book. And uh, Disco, really appreciate the notes you put in there. Super cool. The last book uh, I got from you, I read, loved it, and uh, passed on some of the tips to uh, that you had in there. Just uh, scouts, I take hiking, and they, they loved it. And, uh, yeah, just appreciate that extra, the extra note in there. And uh, really looking forward to getting out and hiking more now that I'm retiring. I, I was active duty for 10 and been in the reserves for 19 years. And, uh a lot of my vacation time from my full-time job gets spent doing reserve duty. So now I can use vacation time for vacation. So that'll be cool. So thanks again. And while I got you, by the way, I love to show ADB a space odyssey. And a shout out again yeah. to Theodore Jones, my guy. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Take care. Bye. Oh, that's cool. Scout <laughs> Hunter. awesome. He's the guy we mentioned last month that had a retirement from the Air Force recently. And uh, actually, for some odd reason, told folks that uh, in lieu of any gifts, they should throw some coin to the trail show, which um, we're not worthy, but we sure are grateful. So thank you, yeah. Scouts Honor. Yeah, that was way cool. Let's uh, let's go into mailbag. I think we got at least a letter. Uh, maybe, Spesh, you got something? What do you got? Oh, oh, look at that. I found one. Okay. What do you uh, let's see. Uh, it says item number one. So let's... I guess start there. Oh, and I think this is from Scout's Honor. Oh, is it? Is this not? Did we not read this last month? I don't know. Did we? <laughs> you know, this has happened before where we're I not certain. Uh, uh, I don't think so. I think this is a thank you of sorts. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read it then. Let's read it. Dear Trail Show, we celebrated my retirement from the Air Force and my daughter's graduation from college just yesterday in our backyard. As people continue to show up, I continue to realize how lucky I am. 
I have been blessed with people and relationships that have made my life so worthwhile. That's why you guys, that's what you guys really do. You are creating a community of friends that support each other to live life to the fullest. Thank you. And that's why I asked my friends and family to send you some love. It's a great investment in doing goodness, and my family and friends have loved the stories I tell them about your show. I will absolutely have more time uh, to do more hiking. I've wanted to go to Philmont since I was a kid, and I'm finally heading there next month. Disco actually referred to Mount Baldy in New Mexico a few months ago, and that will be part of our trek. Uh, we will be passing through Denver to get there, but won't have much flexibility to make side trips, unfortunately. However, next year I plan to make it back to Colorado to hike, shake your hands, and drop off some beer from our local Spellbound Brewery. Mm. That sounds nice. Hey, now. Very good. <laughs> he finishes up by saying, and thanks again for the trail name you gave me some months ago, which I believe honors the, uh, the dad that taught me how to backpack when I was a kid, as well as the boys that got me back into it. Well done, P.O.D. Much love, Mike Mathis. Mathias. Mathias. Apologies, Mike Mathias, a.k.a. Scouts Honor. Thank you, Scouts nice. Honor. Wow. Uh, was that it for Mailbag? <laughs> There's <laughs> is a little thin this month, right? There's uh, something that says Mailbag Item 2. And then um, there's nothing. And then listed. there's just a blank space. I think that means there's no uh, so, number two. Number two. <laughs> number two. All right, that's it for Mailbag. I want to do iTunes Top 5. I originally... I was, love iTunes top was five. Thinking, we never get to do it, so let's do segment. it. Um, I was originally not going to do it, but there's there's such a good item in here this month. Is I there like, actually? Yeah, there is. You're not just teasing me. I'm not. Because I actually do love iTunes top five. And, and right out of the gate, we're going to come with my favorite one. It is uh, from Tintan. Worst podcast ever, one star. Ooh. Tintan says, I forced myself to listen to three episodes just to give them a fair chance. I well, think they're the first ones. I, <laughs> I think some ADHD seven-year-olds produced the show. There's pretty much no useful information or even entertainment value on the show. Oh. In one episode, a guy talked briefly about being on the Wonderland Trail, but couldn't even recall but the vaguest of details, and even the commentators asked if he was actually there. He was referring to the episode we did with Glenn Van Pesky, which is, <laughs> we've gotten a few comments on over the years. Uh, he, he finishes by saying, none of the other episodes got any better. <laughs> it's hard to believe that people actually listen to this mindless bull. <laughs> that was from Tin Tan. One star. Hey, thanks, Tin Tan. That was awesome. Another satisfied customer <laughs> of the trail show. Tin Tan wants some quality. Yeah, we we don't do that. That's no. That's we've never done that. trails. Nonsense. We don't know that. I think recipe. we. I think we tell them what we're about. You know. All right, switching gears here. Jenny P says, "Hey, trail show, five stars. You guys are so fun. Always interesting stuff discussed. A great mix up of info and moves. Sorry, moves around. Let me start that again." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tin Tan's going to be real upset with that. <laughs> Make sure you don't edit out the restarting. I'm not. I'm not. Always interesting stuff discussed. A great mix up of info and moves around in topic to keep you interested. You guys make me laugh so hard. I love how you keep it real and not just go with the trends. Working on the CT this year and working on a trip of the TRT in the late summer or early fall. Trips 
Get on the trail. Hashtag salty snacks. All right. <laughs> All right. X Friedhoff says, Booby Mudslide Walters. Five stars. Amazing story that you need to hear. Ask Booby how she earned the nickname Mudslide. So Bobby Walters Ooh, has a trail Bobby name now. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? I think yeah, we're going to have to. might have to do with. She she had a little tumble uh, recently. She was out hiking and and like had had a fall and hurt her ankle and stuff. So I think hmm. it maybe has something to do with that. I'm not sure. I thought mudslide. I, I missed it. I thought mudslide was what happened to Squatch on the 405 in his <laughs> gap, oh. gap khakis. Oh. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, not. you know, we'll call Bobby next For month Bobby's and find sake. out. Okay. All right. Last but not least, we have don't read hike who says. Five stars. What is legal in Colorado now? Really? This podcast was great before hallucinogens. <laughs> 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 Let me start over there. Uh, We're not Denver-based. It's only I know. decriminalized in, in Denver. Denver. He says, this podcast was great before hallucinogenic mushrooms were legal in Colorado, but now it's like I'm right there with them. <laughs> it's gnarly, dude. Five stars, man. Did I say five stars? Five stars for all three of my eyes, man. <laughs> That's almost 15, man. Whoa. Did, did D'Lo write that? I, I wonder. It could be another anonymous D'Lo. You know what? He probably got all hopped up on drinking his own pee and wrote that. That's what <laughs> Oh, nice callback to the last show, Spash. <laughs> By the way, did you see um, there was a trail show Instagram post that involved a bottle of yellow Gatorade that, <laughs> <I> did, <yeah. laughs> that looks yeah, slightly yeah, that. reminiscent of, of what they're doing in Boulder, various Boulder meetup <laughs> oh, groups? Oh, man. Oh, Oof. man. Um, you know what? We haven't heard from D'Lo today, and D'Lo's not with us, but apparently D'Lo called into the Trail Show hotline. Well, it's unclear if it's D'Lo, but it's it's probably D'Lo. So let's let's take a listen. Let's go to a clip. Hey, uh, it, ha, have, I, have I reached the Trail Show? Is this the Trail Show? Like, that was a really long message, and I, I'm not so sure I heard all of it because... Uh, I'm really high right now, but you know, like it, it, oh, it's it sounds like the trail show because I was looking to call the trail show and I have some things to say to the trail show tonight. You see, my name is Good Old Boy and I'm out hiking on the AT and I have uh, what I think are some Ask a Hiker questions or maybe some Ask a Hiker suggestions or some things to that effect, you see. So like, I'm a good old boy. I'm from down south. I, I grew up in Alabama, and I'm out hiking on the App- AT Trail. That's the Appalachian Trail, or the, as you say up north, the Appalachian Trail. Or, or, or I think down south you say the Appalachian Trail, and up north you might say the Appalachian Trail. But what what have you? It, it matters not. You know, it's all the AT Trail to me. And anyways, uh, I, I'm out on the AT Trail. I'm up here in the Mid Atlantic states, and golly gosh sure will born horn man like i ain't never seen nothing like this on the other side of the barn let me tell you so like i have a couple questions about here like this humidity is crazy and we're in for about this crazy like super human like it's not even going to be human man it's going to be subhuman it's going to be non-human it's going to be extraterrestrial heat wave this weekend and i'm going to be out hiking on the at and sleeping sounds like a preacher (laughs) and hiking on the trail that's infested with ticks and crawling with poison ivy and i just don't even know what to do 
So that's kind of what my question is for the trail show tonight, you see. And I'm hoping Dila will be there to answer this here wonderful Ask a Hiker question because this is one of those, you know, Ask a Hiker questions that just goes on he's talking and to on and on and really doesn't just get like to he's the here. point. And the point could really just yeah. be surmised in like one little sentence before all is said and done. But some Yahoo from down south Alabama, if I may remind you, a good old boy is my trail name, by the way, it just rambles and rambles and rambles and rambles and rambles for like hours. And I'm wondering if this phone call is still being recorded because I'm sure what it is because I would love for D-Lo's children to hear this song or this <laughs> hear message before they go to sleep because you know what? It'll put those little yellow bellers right to sleep. So what is my question is, what do you do about the ticks? What do you do about the poison ivy? What do you do about the humidity when you are hiking on the AT Trail in the Mid-Atlantic States in late July and you're about to witness 95 to 100 degree temperatures with 90% humidity? Your breath of brutality. I'll let you know how it all goes. I may even call back next month and kind of give you an update on my plan for this weekend, which is going to be hellacious. Oh, my goodness, my, the trail show. I, I guess I've rambled on for so long that your caller hotline just hung up you on me. You want to see this now? No, that's it, man. That's all we can handle. That's all we can handle from good old boy. Was there a question in there? What do you How do, do you do? handle oh, the ticks yeah. and the poison ivy? The poison yeah. ivy. Well, my first and I only... I think you just man up. I think you just don't hike right now. Yeah. If you want to avoid ticks, poison ivy, humidity, and heat... In the mid-Atlantic, in the middle of the summer, you don't hike right now. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to avoid it. You have to embrace it. You have to embrace the brutality, right? What about that? What about a space? Yeah, who said that? Where'd that saying come from? I I think I think you know maybe try spacesuit. Spacesuit. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we've got ask a hiker. And we've got uh, a shout out to some donors we're going to give, and a tent stake is going to blow your mind. Don't go anywhere. The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. And the Trail Show's back, baby. And we've had a few do- donors this Whoa. past month. That was a little that piano was a little loud. We're gonna thank folks quite quickly this month. I hope you guys are ready. On your marks. Get set. Go. Bernard Wolf. Oh. Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Don't worry about Craig Pisco Gully. Hey. Chris Smith. Bobby Walters, Richard Glasgow, hey Joshua, bow down to job Bowden, yeah Trevor, smoke it if you got it, Bowman, Sean the Weed Man, Jeff Cottonmouth Caldwell, oh dude I got the Cottonmouth, Diane Pinkers, 
thing. Uh, David Bola Pasta is big as your head. So big. big. Justin Knowles. Quality. I'm quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Don't D. go. Just don't go. Ingrid Gerard. Samuel Vermont. Emery. The Rudy board. from CascadeHiker.com. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Get out of here. Steven the Hustler Russell. Emma the Brute Bruce. Renee Shira Patrick. I sure, uh, Wesley the, the Haggis Addict. I need my Haggis. I gotta have it. Just give me the Haggis. Kevin Chickpea Cross <laughs> and oh, Sasha Honeydew Codet. Oh, I'm hungry now. Tebow, not Tim Williams. Tommy Go the Gators. Meat Popsicle. <laughs> Stevens. Joseph Picararo. Brandon Lost Balls Love Lady. Oh, dear. Uh, Daniel Fundip Sharks. Oh, God, I'm lost. That's great candy. She, uh, Shira the Switch Blady. Bri- wait, wait, what? Brian the Switch Big Bl- McNamara. Patty yeah. Cake Matiscala. Phil Gilbert. Kill Bill Cottrell. Murder. Uh, <laughs> Orion Bakken Borgwaya. Good job. Anna Dykstra. <laughs> Steven swept away, but last TTS, y'all call me Robin, so that I'm not Anthony Peach Pitts. I like it. And we had a few one-offs. That was difficult. We had a few one-offs. Thanks to Helen Matthias for encouraging people to donate to the trail show during Mike Scout's Honor, Matthias' Air Force Retirement Celebration. The following friends donated on his behalf. Crazy Alice Good, Pentagon John Melisio, Paul hashtag finding Mr. Dwyer and Julie Buddy. Hey Julie. Nice. Hey, what a buddy. Hey. Uh, yeah, thank thank you again for everybody that donated on, on his behalf. That was way cool. Wow. That was that Just was a, the fastest donors segment we've ever whew. done. I'm I'm sweating FKT? over here. FKT? It's an it is an FKT, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um should we go back to the trail show hotline? All right, we got a question. Okay. Uh, when I was out in the San Juans in the Womenuch wilderness, however you say that, Womenuch, Womenuchy. Um, Womenuch. Had a great time out there, but the trees, you know, there, there's uh, once I went above, like, I don't know, 9,000 feet heading up to Emerald Lake. These huge trees, like half of them are dead. And it's hard to find a campsite where I felt comfortable camping. And then if I go out into a clearing and get away from the trees, then I'm worried about lightning. And I have a hammock, too. So, anyway, um, I heard on this last episode, y'all said, you know, you clear the trail on the collegiate east section. And the next day, they're like, you know, within a few days, you're going to have more on the trail. So, what advice do you have there to avoid falling trees or getting a tree falling on you? Um, do you just keep walking and looking until you find a stand of live trees? Uh, how are people dealing with that? And then the last question. The trees. Okay, so I can speak to this. So um, in the Wimanooch, the trees he's referring to are Engelman spruce, which if pretty much in, any and every Engelman spruce over about four inches in diameter has been killed by the spruce beetle in Colorado over the last 10 years. And when you hike on the CDT in the Wimanooch now, it's you'll see hillsides and mountainsides that are just a sea of red and dead Engelman spruce because that's – that's predominantly what grows at that elevation. That and subalpine fir. If you see trees with green needles, chances are it's subalpine fir, which is infected by the spruce beetle, and then all the dead ones are Engelmann spruce. So in regards to, like, how do you avoid having a tree fall on you? Or, like, if you're camping, yeah, find a patch of live trees. Um, I can't really recommend camping under dead trees. <laughs> yeah, I would second it's, that. It's a bad bet. Uh, um, you know, we had a question earlier about, uh, you know, um, situations you've helped out with on trail. Um, 
I was at the Adspisitco one year, and a tree did actually fall on a number of people, Hmm. uh, you know, friends of mine. Luckily, nobody was seriously hurt. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, and, you know, that was just like one of the the trees there in in the actual campground. Wow. Just happened to be diseased. So if you've got ones that are obviously dead and standing, and for that matter, dead branches on live trees, you know, you got to look up um, to make sure that there's none of those, none of those snags too. But yeah, unfortunately, some, sometimes you'll find a spot and it's definitely happened to me. You're like, oh, this is great. And then you look around, oh no, that tree could totally fall on me and so could that one. Yeah. Well, keep looking. Don't camp under widow makers. Crazy mirror. Did he have another? He did. Well, he let's did. hear. Let's listen in. Just giving you three to work with. You can answer them all or none or just one, whatever. Um, the third one is, uh, I, I for dinner I, I take a couple of recipes from Andrew Skorka, who was on your show just recently. Yep. And like beans and rice and Fritos and cheese. I love it. It's great. Um, that's one dinner, and the other one is like pad thai noodle soup. But it. I end up having, uh, if I go to take a uh, dump, man, it's a little bit soupy, man. I don't, I'd rather not have that. So is that just because of that dinner I'm eating or, or what? The other stuff I have would be like, uh, I do have cold cereal in the morning and I have trail mix and, you know, energy bars and stuff like that. So does anybody else have, is that a common thing for a backpacker? Any t- uh, tips or suggestions there? So, okay, that's. What, so, wait a minute, what was so the question? I think the question was uh, sometimes when he's like eating some of these trail food recipes, he gets a uh, loose stool. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. one of our good friends, Salty, really likes to eat Cheetos, and that really pulls it together. <laughs> it's, a, it's a binder, it's, it's a, a binding yeah. agent. It has like a nice color. Too yeah. Salty part. does, she does she enjoy loves those. Cheetos. Yeah. Lots of Cheetos. Um, yeah. And mm. hard candy. Isn't so, it the Cheetos Extreme? It's like the ones with the extra powder on yeah, them or something I think like the that. More, yeah. The more orange color, the better. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's, I think we answered his question. Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think that sometimes, like, the altitude will mess up my oh, digestive system. Without a doubt. But yeah. not much you can do about that if you want to get up high. Yeah, I mean, I also just feel like the, what you're eating when you're out on the trail, um, yeah, I think. It's pretty common, I feel like, for people to have maybe not quite as normal yeah. solid yeah. poop. So just take a nap just after after lunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just quarter of an hour, you know, you, you will feel much better after that. So <laughs> Well, <laughs> it, it's midnight here on Friday, July nineteenth, and um we should continue on with this Ask a Hiker theme by uh getting into the actual Ask a Hiker segment without Delo this evening. Um, I think we had two questions. I do believe um, we did. Let's see. Yeah, there are. There's two of okay, them. Okay, and actually, the first one's from Salty. Who would like to play the role of Salty this evening? Oh, we do don't have. I was going to say, do we have to like do our best Salty impression, or are we simply reading? I have an ask a hiker question. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so, keep no. going, man. You, you got it. <laughs> I have an ask a hiker question. If I mail a resupply package <laughs> to a motel or hostel on trail, is it inconsiderate not to stay there? If I don't plan to stay there, should I just mail to the post office instead? If I do mail a box to a hotel but don't want to stay, I usually offer to pay a holding fee. In that case, if that's okay in all of your opinion, what's the appropriate amount to offer? 
$10, $20, other. Thanks, guys. Salty. I think Salty's leading the witness by yeah, the, by the so. way she phrased things. At the end of, you know, this is interesting because I guarantee you there's hikers that just heard you read that that have very, very definite opinions on the answer to this question. And I know some people would say, absolutely, you must stay at the hotel if you send a box there or else you shouldn't send it there. And then there's people that are like, no, it's fine. You can send a box to a place as long as you offer to kick them a couple bucks. And then there's probably some folks that are like, eh, they're getting enough hiker business. I can send a box there and not pay them anything. And it's fine too. So I guarantee you there's people that that feel that whole gamut of answers and opinions. My my answer would be um, call the hotel and ask them. Yeah. Yeah. They might be like, oh yeah, no problem. We have a huge room in the back. No, no big deal. Yeah. So like when I travel for work, I frequently have to have uh, quite a few sample containers shipped to me um, and they just go to my hotel room and it's not, not yeah. a problem. But now, you're staying, I'm staying at that hotel. <laughs> right. right. So that's not a big deal. Yeah. If you don't know if you're going to be staying there or if you know you're not going to be staying there, call them. It might be, yeah. they might, you know, and, and when you call and ask, you should probably offer in your asking right you know like hey uh, i might not be able to stay there uh because you know whatever itinerary um but is it is would it be okay if i send one there i'm happy to pay whatever fee you may have to to hold on to it yeah the point is don't justify yourself but offer offer something yeah Yeah. and the and the fee you know is it can i you know i can it can also be way different for different places like some of these places they get their mail in a town that's 30 or 40 miles away and they're hauling it in by truck or in others you know it's a bigger city and they they, you know it's less of a big deal so maybe ten dollars in some places yeah maybe 20 or even more in some others you know yeah like Muir Trail Ranch, I know they charge some. I don't know what they charge these days, but it's not cheap. It's not cheap, but they also are hauling it up a gigantic road, yeah. taking it by boat across a lake, yeah. and then putting it on a horse. Right. <laughs> so y- your your box travels as much as you do to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, tip your waitress. I, and you know, honestly, my answer is just send it to the post office if you can mm-hmm. um i know that there's a problem with you know getting postmarked if you end up getting there on a sunday or something like that but um yeah i mean if yeah. at all possible just go ahead and use that resource it's going to be better anyway i feel like so yeah 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 i would i don't know i've done i've done any and all of the above and i i don't know i feel like um, the post office, you can get burned, especially if you show up like Saturday at noon and the PO yeah. is already closed and they don't open again until Monday morning. Then you're stuck two nights in a town trying to figure out where can I stay on the cheap or how can I stay without spending yeah. all my money. But yeah, in that case, you maybe you would have been better just to get a night at a hotel and send your package there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a tough call, but it, in any case, I think the, the ultimate answer is, yeah, don't make the uh don't make your problem other people's problems unless you really really yeah. have to and if yeah. you do make sure you're offering you know uh something and also being thankful and considerate be, all right be cool man i'm gonna read this next ask a hiker question um i don't know why it it, it looks interesting yeah. um question number two have any of you read the book wild by cheryl strayed or seen the movie 
Would you recommend either to this prospective PCT thru-hiker or will it give away too much of the experience for me? Love the show. I'll hang up and listen. Best. Rangoon Sweetie. I think it's too bad Dilo isn't here. I, I feel like I he know. He, he's the expert. A bit of that book. On this book. I mean, he did spend three years reading it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Studying it even, I would say. I've actually seen the movie. I saw the movie, yeah. Okay. I mean, I kind of had it on in the background. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. Triplo. I've, I've read the book and I saw the movie. You've done both? Yes. Yes. I no, yo-yo I, I don't. So, so Triple O, if you've read the book and seen the movie, you might be best able to speak to Rangoon Sweetie's question. So, Wild is obviously a book that gets a lot of attention in the long distance hiking community because it's probably one of the most successful uh, books about long distance hiking. Along with, is it about long distance hiking though? Along, well, it's along along with another book, uh, A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson, and um, I always compare the two. And I think Wild is is a much better. Um, does a much better job of capturing what it's like to through hike because really? she really does talk about she goes through the experience of what I think a, a through hiker experiences which is where you're on the trail for long enough that it kind of becomes your world mm-hmm. versus the Bill Bryson book never he never got even close to that um, wow, you just you just trashed Bill Bryson. Well, man. I mean, <laughs> he walked a tenth of the <laughs> AT. Kind of so he walked. Yeah. One, I'm not, he, I actually I love his writing. His, yeah, and the book is fabulous, and I love that book. But it's not gonna it's not gonna get you into the mentality of what it's like to through hike. Hey, man, he did 700 miles in a car. No, <laughs> no, he hiked 700 miles of the AT. No. Oh, oh wow! Sick. No, he hiked. He hiked to like North Carolina and then stopped. And then he, he tried to hike later on in the hundred mile. I don't remember and, exactly. And you know, I'm just going to interject real quick before anybody decides to start sending us hate mail about it. <laughs> Cheryl Strayed never said she hiked the whole PCT or that yeah. she was a through hiker. Just that she went out and hiked what she hiked. But she did hike long enough. Yeah, she hiked a long the way. The feeling yeah. of what a through hike is, and I think she that she's an excellent author, and she captured that feeling. Now it's a very personal story. It involves you know family tragedy and drug use and her and own trauma. Journal journey through that but it does capture what i think is more of a through hiking experience um and i think she does it pretty well and i think it catches a lot of flack from people who are quite frankly a little jealous of the success of that book mm-hmm. haters mm. gonna hate haters gonna hate, hate. hate, 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 hate. Uh, yeah so i you know i've watched the movie um my takeaway from it was pretty much this a woman who felt broken and totally messed up inside yeah. decided to go hiking on the PCT and had, you know, an adventure and some hardships and and dealt with her stuff and came out of it the other side a, 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 a more whole, yeah. um, f- more fixed, you know, like in-touch person. So yeah. the moral of the story was the PCT kind of did its job. So, like, yeah. you know... I don't think that if you read it, that it's going to ruin or like taint your experience oh, because it's just not. not. I mean, you know, your experience is going to be yours no matter what you read beforehand. Right. So yeah, uh, if you're into it, try it out. I'll say for me, it was one of the most depressing movies I've ever watched. But I know for a fact it's been one of the most inspiring movies that some people have ever watched. So much so that. We've seen a huge uptick in the number of people that are hiking the PCT, especially since that movie came out. So, you know, for one person, it might be a thumbs down. And for another person, it's like 10 thumbs up. So 
Will it give too much of the PCT experience away from you? For for you? No, it won't. Absolutely not. The PCT is again. She only hiked about a third of it, and um, you know what you're going to see in the movie isn't really going to give away that that experience, which you can only have yourself. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the best writing, the best movies, all they're going to be able to do is like intimate what it's kind of going to be like. Because once you get out there and experience it, like that's, it's just different, you know, and until you do experience it, and even after you do, the writing, it, it'll it'll echo it, but it, 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 it'll, it's never going to fully capture yeah. it, I feel like, yeah. you know. It's too powerful of an experience. Oh yeah, we're coming in for the clothes, no, ladies no, and gentlemen. Not. We got no, we're not. we got a tent steak. We got to talk about tent steaks. That's right. What do you got? Ooh, it's tent steak. We have a we All have right, a so very very special. So longtime listeners of uh, the Trail Show may recall that uh, you know once upon a time we didn't talk about gear at all. You know, uh, but eventually ne- we, we never talk about gear on the trail show. That's not well, we possible. review tent stakes and it's been a while since we've actually done a proper review of a tent stake because I think we kind of just ran out of tent stakes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we were at Outdoor Retailer, I happened oh, to man, notice what is some that? tent stakes. I'm going to pass uh, one or two yeah. of these around. Yeah, um, we'll incredible. have to take some photos of them and we'll put them up uh, uh, on the Insties and such. Uh, now these are made by uh, UCO. I, I don't know if they say UCO or if it's just UCO <laughs> or what. Um, but uh, UCOgear.com, and these are basically like your your average like V-shaped um, tent stake, a little bit larger. You, you than can maybe have a, a rave with these tent oh, stakes, yeah. man. It's uh, it's built a little bit like um, a stake that's for soil, but also a little bit like one for for uh, snow, but not quite as wide as as like a proper snow stake. You can tell ghost stories with these, man. But look, the, look at this. the cool thing is, is it's got these lights <laughs> on it, um, and these ones light up uh, like red, green, and blue, and uh, and it's actually attached directly to the tent stake. So that, like, when you put the tent stake in, it's gonna like illuminate the line that that you're you're gonna no longer have to trip over because you can see it. Oh, it's an anti-tripping yeah. mechanism. I, I mean, take light. It it also yeah. just sort of like lights up the area around the the base of your tent. Um, I'm I'm planning to actually use these tomorrow night, so uh, maybe we'll do a long term review. On this oh, I like it, man. <laughs> a two parter, a two parter. Yeah. You could also use it to very gently illuminate your tent for the perfect Instagram photo. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> as long as long as you put your tent in a illegal place, leave no trace. In a poppy a durable field. surface. Yeah. Well, you know, you could probably also use it to do some like light painting at night for Ooh, for yeah. a pretty great oh, Instagram yeah. photo. Maybe uh maybe you could uh do one of these, you know, and make a heart He's shape. Waving his hands. Yeah. yeah. I I, I, I wave my hands in a heart shape. Yeah, so imagine me making light things with uh tent stakes you've never seen that have lights on them in a heart. Yeah. Yeah, there good we go. radio here. All good right. radio. This is it's stuff. fantastic. <laughs> All right. And, and where can people get these? Uh, it's a ucogear.com is the, uh, the, the manufacturer of these. Okay. Um, I just, you know, I um, yogi these off the guy at the, <laughs> at the They, they also retailer. might be available at the <laughs> next rave. You're yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, uh, that actually be a great use for them if you're a Festivarian. Hey, I one time... 
ran into a, wa- a rave on a paddling trip on accident. <laughs> Did you stay? That's a, that sounds so that's, like a, that's a paddling story. So yeah. yeah, we can't yeah, talk about that, man. That's another time. That's for a bonus show or something. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we end the show, can we send some love out to Lion King? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Lion King, uh, you know, he's um, been around in the hiking world for a while. He's made a couple of uh, films about hiking. He actually has a his first like for real feature length film that he wrote and directed uh, called Get Gone. It's going to be premiering at the at this Las Vegas um, film festival um, shortly. And uh, anyway, check out Get Gone on the on Facebook. He poured his heart and soul into making that movie happen, and uh, right as it's coming to fruition um, and getting ready for release, he has been slammed with a cancer diagnosis that is pretty, pretty no bueno, man. Um, so he's uh, he actually just began his first round of chemo, I think, uh, yesterday. Um, so um, just uh, our thoughts are with you, Lion King keep keep roaring um and uh know know that you got a love a lot of love out there buddy all right folks this is the part of the show where we end the show thanks to everyone for tuning in today already how is it i know it's only been seven hours i want to do the Roy cut show it's after this may (laughs) be the latest trail show we've ever recorded that's true. I mean, we didn't start we, until fairly late, too. Well, so, it, yeah. I don't think we've ever food. gone past midnight before. And here we, we are. Yeah. I feel here like we, we got pretty close Being a wild. couple times. Oh, yeah. Unsupervised. And this is what happened when POD leaves. Yeah, you leave POD and we're dragging it into two-day recording sessions. Yeah. <laughs> Big thanks goes to Moon Kid for guessing tonight and talking to us about his hike of the Americas. Yeah, amazing. I, I think he's probably Follow the, him on Instagram. No one has traveled farther to this, get to the trail show taping than <laughs> Moon Kid. Yeah. yeah. You can find him at The American Hike. Uh, thank you to the mystery man behind the Public Lands Hate You Instagram account for talking to us tonight. We're just calling him the hater. The hater. Yeah. <laughs> you can check him out on Instagram at Public Lands Hate You. Big thanks for tonight's beer goes to Trail Show Nation for bringing us delicious beers from Elevation Brewing Company here in Salida, Colorado. Those were some tasty beverages. I, I did enjoy them. Good. Thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a trail show, a bottle opener, and some stickers for a $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trail Show, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show, on the Stitcher app, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. Another trail show is coming on, but don't fret. We'll see you in August with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Special 41, Triple O, Moon Kid, and D-Lo and P.O.D. in Absentia, I'm Disco. Ciao. Hasta luego. That's a great show, guys. The trail show. I I guess I've rambled on for so long that your caller hotline just hung up on me again. This is the good old boy from Alabama. I'm in the mid-Atlantic states about to cross over the Bear Mountain Bridge on New York, into you know, in New York on the AT Trail, and my question was, what are we going to do about the humidity, the ticks, and the poison ivy? Here's what I'm going to do, and I hope you may have some of your own suggestions. And like I said before, I was cut off violently by that cruel Google phone call line that you all call your 
concentration. Hot one. Shame on you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hack nearly naked. That's right. Very little clothing. Because I'm just going to sweat profusely. And I don't really care that there's no point in wearing any clothes because they're all just going to be drenched in sweat. So I'm going to wear very short shorts. That's right. Short shorts. No underwear. I'm going to cut the underwear, the internal underwear, out of my shorts so that there is no chasing. I'm going to swim in every single body of water that I see. For example, before I left him, God bless him, my son, I saw him just a couple months ago. He was playing in a puddle down by the beach in Alabama. I told him, get out of that puddle, boy. But you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to play in that puddle just like my boy was three months ago when I left Alabama on the Pejote Trail. That's right, I had the Pejote Trail up to Springer Mountain, and then I headed north. I'm gonna hide. Was that Dino's kid? Myself off and I think it was. Water that I see. Gosh darn it! You know that's true because any chance I get, I need to cool my body temperature because it's gonna be hot. And the poison ivy. Oh, the poison ivy! I'm telling you, I'm gonna just walk right through it. And when I see it, I will note it, and I will make a mental note, and I will make a mental note that I have to wash my body, wash my body, my legs that brushed against that poison ivy within the next hour or two, or else that poison ivy will manifest itself into a rash that will never have seen the light. How, how, how long? Jesus this, Christ, Latter Day Saints, for this Lord. <laughs> Because this is the trail show. Is that his Sonny, kids again? What you do on the trail show hotline? Would you stop bothering me? You're supposed to be, you know, going to sleep right now. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to wash my body within an hour to get all those poison ivy oils off of me. And after that, the ticks. Oh, Lord, and the ticks. Here's what I'm going to do when I roll into that shelter. I don't care if I know that hiker. If I don't know that hiker, I'm going to say, hiker, I just walked through some tick-infested territory. I hope you don't mind if I got naked because I need you to do a tick check. That's right. I'm going to ask a right stranger on the trail to do a tick, tick check of my naked body. And it just has to get done because that little tick, man, if he crawls up into my butt cheek, man, and it and impales himself on trail show, this is the good old boy. I hope I can get this last call. He's still going? Three minutes I he's like still I going. He's, he's trying to break the trail show hotline. When, he, when that tick crawls up into my butt creek. I just need him to get My out, butt man. Creek. I don't need him in there. He That's does not belong there. He's just going to make me <laughs> ill and make me sick. And all he's doing is trying to take my blood and for his own good. And it's just going to punish me and make and bring me down. And I just don't want that to happen. So those are my trail tips, my ask a hiker questions. The poison ivy, the ticks, the humidity. What on earth do you do? Lord have mercy. What do you do? I am going to... Submerge myself in any and every. Who, who gave him the number? Yeah, well, he, I thought that was a mistake. Yeah. That was a mistake. And ask my fellow hiker to check my naked body for ticks. And that's it, Trail Show. That's all I got for you. Those are my ask a hiker questions. Oh, and, and there's somebody else here who wants to say something to you. I'm a chicken. That's right. All right, Trail Show. Have a what? lovely evening, and uh, God bless y'all. He's a chicken. And for me, I have bought her name, Little Mo. Well, you know, they say there's two types of people in the world. Those who listen to music with a Bluetooth speaker while they're on the trail, and those who plot their murder. Call in to the hotline. I don't know the number, but it ends in 69. <laughs> 
paddling is just hiking with your hands. But what what have you? It it matters not. You know, it's all the AT trail to me. Only people that hate themselves listen to music on Bluetooth speakers while they're hiking on the trail in a wilderness area or on public lands. That's you. I'm talking to you. I've walked many trails to get from the booth box to where I could pick up an ice-cold Budweiser. <laughs>